Hey guys, before we start the episode, in the previous few episodes we've talked negatively by name about someone who, in the end, is a good-hearted, kind person, and we only talked about our negative experience of this person. TCC wants to make it clear that what is said as a joke should be taken in a joking manner, and what is said seriously is a reflection of our own experience of what happened in our lives. So we are going to officially close this book and try not to bring up that topic anymore. Now you're in for a long episode. I hope you can sit through it because it is all worth listening to. You're going to enjoy it. Take a listen. Welcome back to the TCC show. My name is Noah. I'm Kai. And today we're joined by... uh, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Dallas, speak up. (laughs) (laughs) We're joined by producer JB. What's up, guys? And he's in the host seat because Dallas isn't here. Um, He... Man... I can't be mad because he's, he's well, get, cause today's he's, Monday and as we've yes. exposed before we record on Thursdays. Right. So in his already difficult job schedule, he tries to prioritize Thursdays and we told him yeah. we're going to record on Monday. So, and he's working nights. So yeah. Um, also we haven't talked about this off, you know, mics, mm-hmm. but is the tier list you and me, then Dallas, then JB, or then guest? Because if so, we should record. You know, introduce the guest before JB. Giblet. That's a good Land question. Um, I'm not. I haven't thought about the tier. I would imagine producer comes after guest. Not to diminish, you know, the but, fact that but, you. But own... he's a host this time. Oh shoot. That's a good point. Because that's also the role of JB as the producer. When we don't have oh. a host, we have a we have someone to fill that space. Oh, you're right. That was one of those unmentioned parts on the document he signed. Yeah. Hmm. Was that like in the hidden ink? Yeah. If Uh-oh. you yeah, we right. see it, it was no urine. It yeah. was urine because right. invisible ink can be many things. But so if you hit, you know. Warm it up, mm. put it in the fryer for a little bit, take it out, you'll see. Put it in the toaster oven for yeah, a quick yeah, minute. Yeah, yeah you'll gotcha. see. There it says, wow, when I Dallas should, should or someone else is gone. Have have you and I ever missed an episode? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Uh-uh. Because we're not more important. But, <laughs> but, but also more important. <laughs> right. But yeah, in the fine ink, it actually says that we have your firstborn child. That's true. Um, if it's a male, so if it's a female, then we my, wait till the first. My balls male. are in your purse. Yeah, okay. actually, okay. yeah, not well, not just mine. They're equally in Kai's as so well. So you have we one. Share and you have one. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah, we we'll yeah. share custody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Glad we got that. I get okay. the left half. Noah gets yeah. the right half. Mm-hmm. Okay. But on Christmas, I get both. That's true. But on Hanukkah, I get both. <laughs> <laughs> Which is seven days. So I get a little bit of a, oh, okay. you know, yeah. so you're you're more important, right? It's just because right. I'm Jewish. Oh, apparently, that's right. <laughs> As of now, anyway, <laughs> we've we've kept the guests waiting long enough. Um, today we've brought on Drew, Drew Swanson. Thank yeah. you for coming on. Woo! Hi, um, Drew. Man, I Drew is a man of many things, and. I think my f- sole reason for bringing you on is I was like nostalgia value. That's really what it is. No, whatever well, you're, whatever he's about to say. Well, it's yeah, for the nostalgia. <laughs> yes, but also Drew is the only person that I know that, like, when he when something goes wrong in life, or he just wants to be adventurous, or he like 
sets his mind to do something or has an idea, he just does it. And as we get further in the episode, you'll see that Drew has this, like, just go get them mentality from, you know, his views and his political beliefs to the countries that he's been to, to the businesses that he's ran. Like, I am always, like, excited to hear, like, what your next adventure (laughs) is. So I'm excited that you're here to share your life and the next adventures that you got for us. Yeah. Well, thank you. That's I take that as a high compliment. And any that. penis jokes that you can make. Yes. Those are also appreciated. Yes, that I'm sorry that wasn't in the email, <laughs> but we need as many dick jokes as you can give yep. us. The, the trend is honestly balls, but for whatever reason today, yeah, it sticks. <laughs> yeah. I think balls okay. have gone on long enough. <laughs> wow. <laughs> See, that was a penis joke and you liked it. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> Um, I liked it. I think a good place to start the conversation is how we all met Drew and our first impressions of Drew. Mm. Oh, interesting. Man. And then you can give your first impressions of us as well. Because I want to hear <laughs> wow. that. We, I, I think we I'll should try. go. We should go in order of chronology. I think that would start with JB. Uh, put me on the hot seat. I think so. Absolutely. It's because you're the hottest one here. Ex- explain Flida. Okay. And then go into your story, since you so, were at Philida before us. I would have been the first one to hit the middle school, high school group. So it only makes sense that I would have met Drew first. Not this is, Actually, that's not true, because I hung out with Andrew, and it was... I honestly don't remember the... A exact, common friend. Yes. Context for the viewers. Where is yes. this place at, by the way? What? This place. That you, you called I'm, it Philida. I'm trying... No, I'm like going back to like Andrew's house. Oh, okay. Okay. Because I feel like that's, that's probably pretty the, much the first, same place. Probably. probably the first place I met yeah. I met you at. Um, you and Trevor were probably doing something crazy that me and Andrew wish we were doing. I don't know. And airsofting, like nerfing. Killing yeah. children. It actually probably was a nerf war in the Clodson's house. Probably. <laughs> we had many. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, I mean, Drew is just... just one of the guys in the like big group of high schoolers that I was like, dude, this is going to be awesome when I got in the middle school group finally. And it did not disappoint. Wow. Kai, you want to, is that at the end? Yeah. That was probably, probably like the first, you know, adventures with drew. Rambunctious. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's a good place to meet me. Yeah. Right in the battle zone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I'll go next because mine's right in the battle zone, too. <laughs> good. Um, it was at Philida Baptist Church. And I, like JB, was just coming up into the middle school group, uh, part of the youth group. Um, and Drew, I call it the dream team. Drew was part of, like, the dream team that, like, formed Philida like this super close-knit yeah. group that set yeah. a lot of the standards and the <laughs> and the gave everybody a lot of hope right that's exactly what they thought you and I would be <laughs> and then we weren't <laughs> you remember <laughs> yes um so Drew was part of like this dream team crew of people like there were all these guys that like they they looked like high schoolers. Like when middle schoolers go into high high school, like you can tell that Drew's like era was they they were high schoolers. So I walk into like maybe the first day of being at the middle school group and how it worked was the middle schoolers would play games with the high schoolers. And 
Drew's era really, really liked to play dodgeball. Yes. So my first... They like being punished with pain. Yeah. My first impression <laughs> of not only the middle school group and the youth group at Philida, but of Drew was dodgeballs coming at me as hard as they <laughs> could throw This man's arm them. could uh, throw like none other. We're talking he do full 360 and then bam! Yeah. I, I love dodgeball and I, I'm not a believer in uh, going easy Mercy. on people. That's good. You know? That's good. Even they need women? the challenge. It was like anytime Drew threw a dodgeball, it was gonna hurt if you got hit by it. <laughs> so, so even even I met Drew in the battle in the battleground <laughs> as well. Oh, mine Kyra. was so much more awkward. We're talking like, <sighs> so my parents had just been brought on as the worship team, and then <clears throat> Drew came over to someone's house, and I came over to someone's house also. Some big party to welcome my parents. I think it was Trevor's house. I think I know. <laughs> I know the one okay. you're talking about, that barbecue. Yeah. Yep. And then Drew, who Gavin soon dubbed as Super Drew, <laughs> uh, he and I had a conversation. I don't, well, a lot of conversations that were random and small because I was socially awkward. And one of them was about how I had ridden my bike down 119th uh-huh. and crashed it and didn't have a helmet. Ooh. And it was a... Yeah, and then I got a scar on one of my wrists. It was a heart-shaped scar. Again, it was an awkward conversation because I'm an awkward person. So I was like 13, I think. Yeah. Yeah. You were a young dude. I was. I was very I was short. probably awkward, too. I mean, <laughs> what was I, like 19? I'm still awkward. Holy. <laughs> Awkwardness envelops us. Yeah. So, Drew, what was your first impressions of us? Ooh. Oh, <clears throat> boy. JB was very serious. Very serious guy. <laughs> Um, I met all of you guys through Flyda Baptist right. Church, Baptist Church, Bible <laughs> Church. Um, <clears throat> so yeah. Um, sorry if I don't remember details as much as you guys That's do. That's fine. Um, we're just figuring out. But is, how if much you care about each of us? If we're talking about just solid impressions, yeah. JB was a serious guy. I don't see you that way anymore. Really? Although you can be intense when you want to be. Um. But you're kind of the guy that no one can quite read, you know? It's like, what's going on in your head? Yeah. That's it's fair. the weirdest we'll thing. We'll never like, know. He's, he's, <laughs> JB, you are so exactly yourself that everyone both knows exactly who you are and nothing about you at the same time. That's a good way to put it. That is a very good way to put it. You're like it. the Schrodinger of people. <laughs> um, Noah, you were the quiet... Cool yeah. guy, <laughs> cool guy. Like, no, I thought you like you, you were the skater kid. Yeah. I, I mean, I That's grew true. up feeling like skaters were the coolest people ever because I couldn't skate yeah. growing up. And I saw you in the youth group. I'm like, this kid is who I wanted to be in <laughs> middle school and high school. <laughs> but yeah, you're very quiet. Yeah. Um, you can just say also didn't really shooter. know what was going on in your head. <laughs> uh, um, Neither did I, honestly. Yeah. Uh, Kai, hello. You honestly intimidated me a bit because oh. you were probably smarter than me, and I was oh. teaching Sunday school. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and you knew man. you knew more than I did. Uh, but no, but you you always have struck me from day one as just a very intelligent, Aww. thoughtful person. Thank so you. yeah, 
I like myself better than them now. <laughs> <laughs> you probably did before the episode, don't lie. Oh, yikes. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> um, so, Drew, tell us, um, tell us about your story. Walk us through your story. You, you have been to college, and you do have a degree. Um, and that's something that we talk about on the show pretty often, of what the traditional route of education looks like. Um, so share your thoughts on it. Yeah. Um, so Basically, read us your Twitter bio. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Multnomah University, previously Multnomah Bible College, Multnomah mm. School of the Bible. It's a private Christian university for people who want, well, traditionally it has been a school where you go to study the Bible and mm-hmm. go into ministry of some kind. Now it's, and even as I was going there, it kind of has transformed into a more liberal arts school. Um, but yeah, I majored in biblical and theological studies and pastoral ministry. So double majored. Um, and yeah, I, I wasn't planning on doing the, um, the painting business? Well, I wasn't planning on going the <laughs> traditional route of going to college. I was actually trying to be a firefighter for a little while. Oh, that's right. Um, I forgot. Yeah, I was a fire cadet in high school. Whoa. So did you do the um, the skill center program? Yeah. You did? Yep, that's tell the us, fire cadet program. Tell us about that. Um, I don't know it what was gr- It was a great program, and it, it really did it. Um, give me a taste of what it's like to be a firefighter. You had to have... 180 Muscles. hours of ride out um, experience per year um, that's, that's per school year. Out. That's what kids use to correct their mistakes with pen. Oh. Wide out. Uh, Not ride out. Uh, um. I see. So by the time I graduated, which was two years, I had about 360 hours like in the field as a uh-huh. firefighter. I put out one fire. <laughs> nice. But, uh, and how many lives did um, you save? Zero, probably. Well, I don't know. I guess if the Salmon Creek Trail actually flared up, uh, that probably... was on the Salmon Creek Trail. Yeah, that is like equidistant between our houses. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I put out what? a fire over there. There's a brush fire. Um, but yeah, it was. I learned a lot. Um, and I learned that I. Well, it took me a little bit longer after the fire cadet program that I didn't want to be a firefighter, but. Um, just, yeah, experienced a lot of things. Um, I, um, what, what was it about the skill center route and the fire cadet stuff that made you go, "Mm, this probably isn't the route to go. Yeah. So when I was a fire cadet and also when I was a volunteer firefighter for, I don't know, five months or so, um, I kind of got a taste for the community, at least in hazeldale where i was volunteering yeah um it wasn't a very supportive and nurturing community um it was very much a we're gonna motivate you by yelling at you or chewing you out um, and you're gonna have to if you want to learn how to do something you're just gonna have to figure it out yourself yeah um or like if you approach a firefighter and like ask them questions, they might help you. Um, but it was just like, it was pretty brutal. And, um, so, and my personality 
doesn't fit well with that. I don't thrive in that kind of atmosphere. Um, so what ended up happening was, I, especially when I was a volunteer firefighter, where I was actually at a station that was completely volunteer based. Um, we were actually responding like to emergencies Yeah, and, um, I didn't, I was new. I didn't really know what I was doing that much and I didn't feel like I had a community to help me. Um, so I was, I felt like I was set up for failure, Yeah, but I was also, I also think even if I did have a supportive community, I probably would have not gone that route anyway, just cause I really don't do well under pressure at all. Um, some people do really well. Um, I, I do not. And as a firefighter, you, you're responding to emergencies all the time. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. And then I'm like, okay, now what, what do I hold on before we move on? What initially attracted you to be a firefighter? And then you get there and realize this isn't it. I think, um, I like the idea of living in a firehouse with other guys and like just, you know, I don't know, just messing around when you're not on duty and stuff. And then, yeah. Nerf gun fight. (laughs) As you do. Yeah, realistically, like, I don't know. They they share meals together. They work out together. They watch, you know, movies. It's just like living in a dorm, right? Right. I like that idea. And I also, I liked the hands-on kind of stuff gotcha. and i also you know who doesn't want to be a hero right, right? that's a great chance mm-hmm. to help i people. mean yeah. everybody likes firefighters mm-hmm. so it was like i don't know it seemed like a really cool but then when i got there they i'm like, like oh this live. community kind of sucks <laughs> at least to break into yeah um it <clears throat> takes a while for i don't know you to get close hmm. at least in the community that i was in was that so jb did skill center as well he didn't do the fire cadet program um, and there's a different day for you to tell your story about why you didn't go that route. Mm-hmm. But is that what you experienced as well? The community aspect of the skill center that you did? Um, no, actually my, my experience was very opposite of mm-hmm. that. Oh. Um, which, so you didn't do the fire cadet program, which program did you do? I did the law enforcement program. Um, that's right. Yeah. And the, the cool thing about that was, I was an intern with the sheriff's department, um, but more so with like um, in-class stuff. We would always bring in guests and they were always very willing to like, hey, if you have like a real question, like come talk to me after and I'll talk to you and like give you my honest input. Mm -hmm. And they were very real. Not saying that firefighters weren't. Um, They're all fake. But they're all very supportive. Like even when I was an intern with the sheriff's department, they they were very supportive. They're like, these are the steps that I took. This is what I would recommend you doing. You know, it's very hard work to get into, which I think it's probably very similar in the firefighter community. Mm. You got to volunteer for a long time, typically to get hired on. Um, So yeah, very different environment, I think, in my opinion of what I experienced, but I was also, um, I was also one of my uh, teachers, like top guys. So I don't know if that made a difference. (laughs) I I, I don't know. It might've, but you know, it even in the firefighter community, it really ta- it changes depending on the stations. You right. know, like there's micro cultures within yeah. Yeah. anything. So like if I you think... go to one hundred four point one, then you're gonna get this kind of group. But <laughs> station, radio station, yeah, move yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. right, right. 
Um, so you decide this isn't it. You haven't decided to go to, go to college yet. And you are searching around what's the next thing. Yeah. Um, Multnomah University, uh, the, the school that I talked about at the beginning, the place where I majored in biblical and theological studies and pastoral ministry. Um, man, you have that phrase locked down. To a <laughs> you got it, Dude, man. You got it. it. <laughs> Go for it. I want to hear it. Majored in biblical and theological studies and pastoral ministry. All right. So that's five times best. <laughs> Majored in biblical and theological studies and pastoral ministry. One. Majored in biblical and theological studies and pastoral ministry. Two. Majored in biblical and theological studies and pastoral ministry. Three. Majored in biblical <laughs> theological studies and pastoral ministry. Four. M- Majored in biblical. <laughs> 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 he couldn't do it. <laughs> that five? That's great. That's okay. five. That was wow. good. Um, so did no you one do else, it? by the way, would ever actually do that. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> just went for it. I was like, if you really, I was gonna keep going. That's okay. what I'm talking about, man. Going back to my last. Point. <laughs> That's so great. Um, so did you do it because it was the next best thing to do? Like it's just the next thing in the line, or was it because you were passionate about it and? you wanted to go and the second question like, you know parents say number one is firefighting number two is <laughs> wait wait well, theolog- um, major in theological studies and pastoral ministries that's <laughs> that's where i was gonna go ah, so <laughs> that's where i was gonna go i'm glad that kai brought that up is i know the multnomah culture a little bit too and mm. some kids go there because their parents wanted them to go there mm. so yay for social pressure <laughs> well that wasn't it i um I was passionate. I wanted to become a youth pastor. Um, yeah, so I grew up in the church, and I loved it. I, I loved um, youth group, especially. I I had um, a mentor that I really, really looked up to, Tyler, Tyler Walsh. Um, shout out to Tyler Walsh what out there. Um, that just really made a positive impact in my life, and... Um, I, I just wanted to do that. I wanted, I wanted to be the next Tyler, Tyler Walsh. I wanted to help the upcoming, uh, middle schoolers and high schoolers. Um, now wait, so, was this before I was at FBC? Because when I initially got there, there was no Tyler Walsh. He was some myth who I saw one picture of on the, oh, yeah. on the slides computer. Was, you came in Canada. right as I was starting to get like into a leadership okay. kind of position. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. So, um, and, and I had been volunteering. Um, I had a previous experience at um, Camp Tadmore, working at Camp Tadmore, um, a summer camp Ooh, for middle schoolers and high schoolers again. Uh, oh, and elementary schoolers, um, where I just had a great experience there and I got into ministry. So I was like, I was involved in ministry while I was pursuing the firefighter thing. And then the firefighter thing didn't work out. And then I'm like, oh, well, I'm already like involved in ministry. I feel like I'm passionate about it. Um, and it's, you know, the thing about religion is like, it's like a higher purpose, you know, you're saving saving lives you know like Mm. you're you're bringing you're helping bring people to christ to you know um help them develop a relationship with god and um so i was like all about that i was um you feel better about yourself better about what you were doing yeah Mm. yeah it's it's fulfillment it gives you Mm. a purpose and you were very good at it thank you 
Nice. Yeah. I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. So I um I went to Multnomah. That's where my mentor went. Tyler went, and several others. Um, yeah. Ryan mm-hmm. also. Ryan went there. Uh, Cindy, who was my boss, went there. Um, and uh, Trevor, um, one of my best friends, was gonna go there too. And I'm like, man, this is just where all my <laughs> friends go. <laughs> you know, this mm-hmm. is where the people that I look up to went, and this is where my friends are going. And um, this is what I want to do. So I, so I went, um, yeah, and I don't regret it at all. Um, I, I guess your initial question was, what are my views on it? My views on my education. Was that your, um, yeah. I mean, views on like the traditional education, uh, route. Uh, route. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, okay. In yeah, general, so being called the college comrades, we ask this question to like every guest. Gotcha. But the the thing that we often debate, not just us, but the rest of the world, is yeah, yeah, yeah. is work experience more valuable than um, a degree than a degree in like lesbian dance theory, or right. And and I want to further that for you as a business owner, which I'd love for you to talk about. Does would getting a business degree have helped you now more mm. than the degree that you have now? Hmm. Um, I also kind of want to hear that juxtaposed as to what the college you went to offers as opposed to other colleges. And like if you had thought or, or if there are quandaries about which college you would go to and what for. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um. Sorry, so that's start, a lot of questions. I'll start with your first question. <laughs> Overload uh, the rest of the episode. What are, with all what are my views? Or what do I think about the traditional route? Yeah. Um, you know, it, I, I just, I don't think I can make a blanket statement on on it. It really just depends on the person and especially what you're doing. You know, like if you're trying to be a doctor, sorry, you got to go to school. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, for me personally, um. I I really benefited from it. Um, could I have benefited from other things other than school? Well, probably. Um, it's hard for me to like put myself in an alternate right universe right. Uh, or rea- yeah. Um, but but do I think it's necessary um, for everybody? No. Um, JB over here is doing just fine. <laughs> he's doing, yeah. more. He's doing he more, more than just fine. He has a house. Dude, like, yeah, um, leasing it out to He has Noah a great too. job, and, and JB, you're doing what you love. I think, and, it's, worth, I think it's worth mentioning. Um, we call him Land Daddy on the podcast because he is the <laughs> – Kai does. I will I, not I'm call him. I'm the only not. person Land who calls Daddy. him that. <laughs> Land Daddy, yeah, because he, you know, provides he's, the land that we yeah. record on. And he's a daddy. Yeah. Look, just look. <laughs> look at that. Look at that bud. I think um I think college did help me to learn how to research and learn how to think deeply about subjects and how to pursue researching. Mm-hmm. Um it learned me a lot about time learned me. It helped me learn <laughs> a lot. It, it done learned you. We we jumped back to the That real one quick. shot I had. Dude. <laughs> um there were there were three in that margarita, by the way. <laughs> Was there? Yeah. Oh, okay. You kind of got to tell him before he drinks it, Noah. <laughs> um, it taught me a lot about uh, how to manage my time 
um, how to read quickly. <laughs> I've never mastered <laughs> nice. that. Uh, um, how to prioritize. Just a lot of life skills. Could I have learned all of that and not spent thousands of dollars in a university? Yeah, probably. I don't know exactly how that would look, but people do it, you know? Um, but all I can say is I, I do not regret my education. I, even though I'm not going to be a pastor ever, um, (laughs) I, I really, I, I really don't regret it. I'm glad I did it. Um, so no regrets. That's my views on like, um, the traditional route. What were the other? You asked me like four. I did. Oh, uh, I think you covered them all, though. Okay. Um, oh, what would a business degree do? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then like choosing different colleges and yep, go for it. Yeah. So um, I think a business degree would have been helpful, you know, uh, even as an owner of your own business. I think it could have been helpful. I don't think I need it. Um okay. See, the interesting thing is, would this degree help? Is you have no idea what that would offer. <laughs> yeah, I you, haven't, yeah, I haven't kind of taken a, a business. Question. Did you take any business-related classes at Multnomah, or did they, they even go? offer? No, okay. no, no, I didn't. Okay. I well, mean, did Multnomah offer? Here's, yes. Oh. Here's, yeah, so. my, here's my like thought process when I asked that question is, I met a guy once who went and got a business degree a once. and a marketing degree, and he went and worked for this firm and the ticket in the door was a business degree and a marketing degree. And now he owns his own marketing company. And so when he looks back at his schooling, he goes, yes, the information was sort of valuable, but I've learned more working and doing it and owning the business myself. And there's no longer a ticket in the door for me. I own the business. And so that's where I'm, kind of coming from when I ask you the question, you own your own business. Like you didn't have to get the ticket to get in the door. No. Um, being a business degree. No, uh, it's definitely not necessary at all. I mean, I, yeah, like you said, I, I've had a few businesses and I think they're doing okay. And I, I have a dad that has done the same thing though, has a lot of experience and has taught me a lot. Um, if I didn't have somebody to help me, Maybe it would have been more necessary for me. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you kind of just learn as you go. Um, it makes it makes some sense for, like, people, like, if we're talking about business, um, somebody who's going to be working for, like, a large, like, marketing firm or something yeah. like that. It's, it's nice to have, like, common language and, you know, um, they're, like, Certain programs that they probably use that they need to yeah, that's a good point. learn and Office I mean some classes on those might be nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, the thing about being an entrepreneur is most entrepreneurs are self motivated and good at learning quickly, picking up on things, and so it just seems like an entrepreneur's personality um, works well with just kind of doing or not going the traditional route. Yeah. Um, but as far as somebody like working for a company that has probably all kinds of different, uh, I don't know, just like basic ways of doing things. It might be nice to have some 
um, classes on those things. I don't know. So you leave Multnomah and, or you graduate, you don't leave, you graduate, you get your degree. <laughs> um, You're done with Multnomah. <laughs> what, what was the next step for you? I, right when I left Multnomah, um, our church, Flight of um, Bible Church, previously Flight of Baptist Church. <laughs> also, I would like to point out our previous church for all of us, because none of us go there anymore. Correct. True. Continue. Sam Stellis, who was not here. Uh, they were hiring a uh, youth coordinator. Uh, actually, I think they actually just created the position when I graduated because it was just, I mean, I was still planning on being in youth ministry, and they're like, hey, this guy has a degree and is doing a good job, like as an intern. Mm-hmm. Let's create a position. He knows the ropes. Um, so they created this youth coordinator position, which is a youth pastor position. Um, so and and from the way you describe it, they just they created it with you in mind. Is that accurate? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I I did that for a year and a half. Was that was that a slap in the face to not give you a youth director position with full time hours because you had been doing such a great job beforehand? You were full time. I was part time. I was. I think I had because you were in so many like responsibilities, hours a week or something. Because you weren't. Wow. You 20? at that time you weren't necessarily my boss, but you were above me. Like you did have authority over me. Yeah, it was. It was a hot. I wouldn't. I don't know. I guess. Yeah, it kind of. I didn't like the way it was structured, um, but I don't know if that's just me wanting control more mm-hmm. power <laughs> i found <laughs> i have found that i well, now that you're not in it you can be unbiased as to how it should be structured i i think it didn't really make sense for so so the way it was structured is uh, um you had the elders the church elders who are like in charge of everything um then you had directors so there's the director of family ministries there's the director of discipleship and the director of worship. Um, so, and then there were coordinators, which I'm pretty sure I was actually the only coordinator. I think you were. <laughs> uh, there was, yeah. So, um, yeah, I was the youth coordinator, and I was under the director of family ministries. And I, I love the direct. I love my boss. Um, yeah, she was. She was really great. She, um. But I think she didn't really um, have much of a hand in the youth ministry. She just kind of delegated it to me. Hmm. Um, but I guess so. For, so you had part time hours for full time responsibility. Um, I would say that I was not working completely full time. I would say I was probably putting in like maybe thirty hours a week, and that was. Partly See, because that's full time. <laughs> I was that was partly because I was a perfectionist and like when I taught lessons, I spent a lot of time trying to perfect them. Um, okay. All, I, I think to build on Kai's point, I would, I'd argue for a case of yes. I mean, I think youth ministry or any ministry in general is that's full time hours. Yeah, they give you so much work. Well, like, that. You, but you, also, I never went to zone. And even apart from all of that, I saw you like 
having so much responsibility from everything I experienced. I yeah. really went to the <laughs> but to the high school. But ministry. also, like, it takes up a lot of mental space. Like, mm. ministry is something that you can't just leave at the door. Like, that's yeah. your family. That's what the church is, is family. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Anyways. I I think the perk of having this it structured the way it was is I had support if I needed it. Like, if there was mm. an angry parent that I can't couldn't deal with which did happen a couple times cindy was like okay i'll handle it which was nice so that the elders weren't bothered yeah (laughs) because they they wouldn't know how to handle it either Mm -hmm. uh cindy has experience so in that way it was it was nice um but for a small church like ours it i think it was there was a little too much a little too many um middlemen you know like Mm -hmm. it didn't really I could see if they were to restructure it someday to have a youth um, pastor, or they wouldn't call it a youth pastor. Uh, they would call it a youth director, yeah, because um, they classify a pastor as a paid elder at our, mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. Flida. So, um, so and then to finish out your tree of power, under you is the interns. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And okay. Mm-hmm. So that's so, how that worked. So. You entered this position, and um, I want you to finish out the church story, um, but I also want you to simultaneously tell us about the entrepreneurial side of that as well. When these businesses start, uh, when they start up, um, what you're doing to fill the extra hours that the church wasn't able to give you. Yeah, so... um... Throughout my whole church career, which before I was the youth coordinator, which really wasn't that long, um, I was a youth intern for like four year, no, like five years before Dude, that. Dude, that is a long time. Yeah, I yeah. interned for a long time. Um, and then... Can you explain for our audience what that internship looked like? Because hmm. um, we've already mentioned pay. So it was a paid internship. It was a paid internship. You can hardly thankfully. call it that. <laughs> um, that was honestly nothing. Not a lot changed from my responsibilities um, from my internship to being the youth coordinator. Um, it was just kind of a formal title of like it's kind of like just making it official. Like this, this guy is in charge of the youth ministry. But in practice, the interns at Philida kind of were in charge of the youth ministry. Um, and it's not it's not like like my boss's fault. She she was just busy. <laughs> she, right. She's, You're taking pressure off. You know, of my fire. boss had so many responsibilities in what they call family ministries. Uh, a lot of like. Which basically means anyone upset children's ministry um anybody in general and youth ministry did fall under that but she was just doing a lot with that um so the history of flida has been let's hire interns to run well actually no that no i'd say that's a pretty fair i think the interns have really historically been pretty much in charge of the youth group especially when i came on as an intern um i was with trevor trevor um, my best friend uh, um, and I were interning, and uh, Cindy was just having her baby. So she was on maternity leave, 
And right That's from day right. one, wow. when I got hired, she was like, Trevor and, and Drew, you are in charge of the youth ministry. Jeez. Um, so for right from day one, and then she came back, <clears throat> and then really nothing really changed because she was like, you guys are doing great. I'm just going to like focus on family ministry. Yeah, so wait, I'll be honest. A lot of my memory doesn't have Trevor in much of a power position. So um, compare that with me to when TAG started, because that's, in my mind, kind of when everything began. Um, I guess I'm Ex- not hold on, understanding ex- what okay. you're asking. Rephrase the question. How long from when you two were put in charge of the youth ministry was it until the TAG began where you took over the younger tag, and then Trevor took over the one with me and Noah. Can you explain tag for the audience, please? Me or him? I, go, you, for it. <laughs> right. okay. go for you it. You brought up yeah. tag, so You're explain right. tag for That's us. Fair. In a very brief... Okay, it stands for Teen Accountability Group, basically where um, a leader can lead teenagers who are learning out about their changing bodies and kind of talk about like break the barrier between awkward stuff and kind of refocus it around God every week. I think that's an okay explanation. Yeah. 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 Um, right when I was hired, I, that happened. Trevor oh. took Trevor. Part of our responsibilities was like, okay, you guys are in charge of zone or you're going to run zone mm-hmm. and you're going to run YBX. Zone. And Explain you're... zone for the audience, please. Zone. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just want to cover zone. all the bases. Because somebody's it... driving at 70 miles an hour screaming, what is zone? They brought it up four times. The yeah. zone uh, is a middle school after school program um, that meets at our church. Um, it's our church or Flight Bible Church. Uh, is right across the street from a middle school called Thomas Jefferson Middle School. So the whole idea of that is kids, uh, you know, we hold out signs and stuff in front of their, you know, school, and then mm-hmm. they come on over, they play a game, there's a Bible lesson. Pre-COVID, and then, of course. And then there's, um, we call them classes, but they're really just, like, fun groups most mm-hmm. of the time. Like, uh, we video-making group, um dodgeball group nerf gun group craft group cooking group kind of stuff like that so that's the zone um so yeah right from the get-go uh cindy was on maternity leave and was like your responsibilities are tag which is what kai talked about um the zone which is what i just talked about and ybx which was just another gathering on sundays after like the main church service um so For, for what age range was ybx uh, middle school and high school both. Okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I took um, one group and Trevor took the other. Oh yeah, Trevor took the older group and I took on a younger group. So. All right. So so you're super involved in the church, um, and you're working thirty-ish hours a week. What are you doing with the rest of your weeks to fill your time? That's right. That was the original question. <laughs> That's okay. I'm glad that we covered the I mean, bases. That was a big question. I totally forgot. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, I was painting houses. So, um, my when I was, I think a, no, I was like a senior in high school. My dad taught me how to paint houses well. Um. It started with like a um, a fundraiser for a mission trip we were going on, and um, 
so we painted someone's house and i'm like hey i can actually like do this pretty well my dad's like i can keep teaching you so he um he taught me a little bit more he helped out on a couple other houses and then eventually i started my own business doing it which was basically i just like sent out an email to like my entire church um and got business that way and then it just kind of word of mouth uh just grew from there and um so luckily painting you can make a lot of money painting houses (laughs) so um that really helps me out financially um and eventually um well i just keep painting houses throughout this whole like six seven year no probably just like five to six years uh, time of like being in ministry um i it grew to one summer um hiring one no two people and then another summer I hired three people. Wow. Um, so I learned a lot about, you know, how to manage a business and um, a lot, a lot of stuff. Cause you know, uh, with three employees, you can do more. So, you know, uh, just trying to keep a bunch of clients happy, learned a lot about customer service, um, a lot about coordinating and scheduling. Sounds and- like there's a really juicy story in there. Oh, Do you have any good like stories about disciplining for or something? Oh, just my yelling gosh. at your employees yeah. or some crazy ass lady just yelling at you about the holidays that aren't actually there. <laughs> <laughs> I have one pretty funny story. Um, so this was a summer when I had three employees, and we were painting a house in Portland. And it was a big house. Um, it's three stories. With lots I, and lots of room. Yes. Big, big. <laughs> yep. Thank you, newsboys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Um. Yeah. So this was a really big house, and it was in terrible shape. Um, needed a needed a paint job pretty badly, and the owner was a really really old man that pretty frail and he was a very interesting guy because um when the day began he started off really really nice and (laughs) as the day gone went on he just like gradually got grouchier and grouchier (laughs) and grouchier until he was like almost unbearable eventually unbearable Mm. which i'll get to um then you're like, oh, shoot, noon already? Guess the day's over. <laughs> but this was the last – this was my last job of, of the, the summer. summer. And I am oh, just boy. done. That summer was – Awful? Terrible. Horrendous. Um, just – I dealt with a lot of clients that rubbed me the wrong way. And painting's hard work. And I was Do- done. Do you like it's painting? No. Okay. So you're <laughs> doing I don't think this thing that likes you painting. Don't I do like not, I do not money, like anything like about it. it. Almost <laughs> anything about it. Um, yeah, it's just a lot of manual labor in the hot sun. Um, and paint just has a way of getting on everything that's, that's not supposed to. Yeah. And people don't like it to get on anything it's not supposed to. Um, that's it in a nutshell. Um <laughs> So I'm burnt out at this point. This is the last job, and it's a big job. And I need all of my employees, all hands on deck to do this. And I'm dealing with this weird client. 
And uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll give you one really practical um, or, or just like one example of his freak out moments where I was like, this is just a little bit odd. Like this guy's a little bit odd. So uh, he he was like, um, do you need any supplies, Drew? Because I'm going to the Home Depot. I can just go get them for you. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll yeah, I'll give you a list. And um, and I, I give him a list. And then he calls me, and he's at the Home Depot. And one of the things on the list was um, plastic wrap because you, you, you oh, yeah. wrap all of the windows so that when you spray the house, it, it doesn't get on the windows. And, um, and he's just confused at the product that I'm looking for. And, and he's just like, uh, so, so what do you need? I'm like, so I need plastic wrap. I need, um, and it needs to be six feet. Okay. And he's like, what are the dimensions? <laughs> and I'm like, um, so I need plastic wrap and six feet. What are the dimensions? <laughs> like, he's like Batman. He's like, what are the dimensions? <laughs> and, and I'm, like, I'm like, six feet. He's like, you know what? You know what? I'm done. I'm done. You get it yourself. I'm like, okay. Like, that's fine. I was going to get them myself. Anyway. Uh, but that's when I was like, okay, this is just odd. And I just had a lot of weird um, interactions with him. Him being just like really disrespectful to my employees as well. Um, like telling them how bad of a job they're doing and like trying to coach them and stuff. I'm like, Whoa. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm the boss. Yeah. They're doing a great job. I tell job. them how they're doing terrible. And if you don't like what we're doing, you can just fire us. Right. I mean, <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, he's just like, uh, so I get a phone call and uh, he says, Drew, I don't want you using your employees anymore. I don't like Whoa. the, I don't like the work that they're doing. And I'm like, listen, Again, I'm burnt out. I'm yeah. burnt out. I'm <laughs> yeah. like end of the I am done. I am done painting your house on Wednesday. And and it's like Sunday night he calls me. I'm like, "We're done on Wednesday." And um so if you don't let me use my employees, we're not going to get the job done. Yeah. And he's just like, "I don't care. I don't want them here." I'm oh like, my "Gosh." I'm Oof. like, "Okay. Okay. That's fine." And okay, so I show up by myself, and it's a huge, huge job. Um, but he, uh, but he you want like the big ones, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Um, and what he wants me to do is just spray the house, and uh, he's not worried about the trim or whatever, um, because he's prioritizing at this point, right? And uh, so. I get there and he says he just says, Drew, I just want you to know it is very important that you get the spraying done on Wednesday. And I'm like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem. I'll get I'll get it done by Wednesday. And then, you know, I start prepping my spray gun. It takes a while and whatnot. And you know, fifteen minutes go by, I get another phone call. Jeez. And then I pick up the phone and he's like, Drew. It is very important <laughs> that you get the spraying done by You're Wednesday. at this man's house, right? Yes. Okay. Jeez. And I'm like, yeah, 
Gordon, I'll, I'll get it done. <laughs> and and then, okay, so I get my spray gun. I put my mask on, put my goggles on. I have the spray gun, and I'm going up this, like, 24-foot ladder about Oof. to go spraying. And then I get another call. Oh, my goodness. My phone starts vibrating, and I'm like, okay, got to take my goggles off. And you're two gotta stories take up, my, so. Got to take my mask off. Got to put my spray gun, you know. You string it through it a rung yeah. and then i you know i'm yeah i'm like three stories up or whatever Golly. and i get on the phone he's like drew <laughs> i just want you to know that if you do not get the spraying done by wednesday i will regret knowing you whoa <laughs> and i'm like <laughs> okay gordon i'll make sure to get it done for you and he's like, okay. And then I put the phone down. Okay, Wednesday comes about. I get Naturally. all the sp- I get all the spraying done. And Wednesday's a very important day. <laughs> yeah, it's a very important day. I'm like, dude, I am gonna be free in a few hours. So I get all the spraying done, and then we do a walk around, which is typical. Yeah, make sure the client's happy. Mm-hmm. Um, inspecting the work, and we're doing a walk around. And he's like, you didn't get that trim done. <laughs> oh, no. I'm like, yeah, I did not. I wasn't able to use my employees. And he's like, huh. And we we do we walk around a little more, and he's like, you didn't get that trim done. <laughs> and I'm like, you're absolutely right. He's like, well, you take that under consideration when you're billing me. I'm like, oh, my goodness, uh, and we and this just just keeps on happening and every he keeps corner raising a crooked finger at like <laughs> random stuff. He's like, "You didn't get that done. You didn't get that done. You didn't get." And I'm like, "Gordon, I'm done. I am done with this house. I'm done. I'm not painting anymore." It's Wednesday. Gordon. The spraying is. It done. is Wednesday. I am done. Man. And he's like, "No, I think you're gonna." Ca-. I'm like, "No, no." I am done. And he's like, he just stares off into the abyss <laughs> for like, it felt like a minute. And he was like, okay. <laughs> and then he gave me my check <laughs> for full price. <laughs> and then I left. <laughs> and then, and then, and then, okay, I was still at Multnomah. Uh-huh. And I was in class. And one of my, one of my classmates was doing yard work for somebody, and he, and he's like talking about how this guy's just kind of weird. Oh no! And I'm like, and I'm like, what is his name? And he's like, his name's Gordon. I'm like, N- is he just down the road? He's like, yeah, he's just down. The-. I'm like, don't work no. for Gordon. And I found out that he, I don't know how why it took me so long put this together but he's an alcoholic and he like and he just he goes to his shop and he just drinks and drinks and drinks and that makes sense because like there are a few times where he could barely walk and i just figured (laughs) i just thought like this guy is just an old man and he gets crabbier throughout the day (laughs) but he's just he's an alcoholic and i get drunker and and so so all those weird interactions with him 
were probably him just being completely drunk out of his mind. Yeah. Because at the beginning of the day, he's fine. Mm-hmm. Did you did you ever try to reference a previous date and he doesn't remember? <laughs> I t- no. Okay. I mean, <laughs> um, but anyway, so that's that's just one client I dealt with. There were, were whew, a couple others, but most of them, you know, I I knew most of them pretty well. Um, good friends of mine, and most of them were nice, but um, you know. There's always that one. There's always yeah, that one. It only takes one because <laughs> yeah. when you're a small business, it takes a while to paint a house. So if you have a yeah. bad client, that's like two weeks of, you know, time that you're just And then he says, Don't bring your employees and now it's like, Okay, well the time's gonna keep on marching then. Yeah. Yeah, if you just don't do the trim and get paid full price. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Yeah. So while you're at Philida and a little bit while you were at Multnomah, right? Mm-hmm. You were also in a band. Yep. Tell me about that. Yeah, so growing up, three of my friends and I just happened to play different instruments. So we grew up jamming together. Um, when I say growing up, I mean like middle school on up to even the present still jam no, no, no. out of the womb you guys were playing music <laughs> yep thank you kai for always <laughs> correcting me you're welcome <laughs> guiding me towards the truth <laughs> um yeah so around i mean it, it was when we were in college we decided to get a little bit more serious about it and um kind of the common thread like as far as genre what happened to just be like kind of like harder rock we 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 call it post hardcore so some (laughs) of you may call it just screamo um actually that actually is so i hate saying screamo because it has a connotation people don't actually know what screamo is or like they just say that any music that has screaming in it is screamo Mm -hmm. but this Most actually people. happens to be screamo, like the actual genre. That that kind of does fit pretty well. I don't know what well. that means. Um, yeah, I don't know. Compare it's, what you did to what you didn't want to be known as. Um, we were kind of. I'm really bad at Jeez. explaining genres, but we had kind of like an emo flavor to us, um, but also kind of like a punk alternative um kind of feel to us as yeah. well um and some screaming it, it was mostly you know singing um but you know nice. uh whereas people will call screamo like you know like a like a grindcore band or something like that or like death metal they'll just be like all oh, that screamo um, yeah, which yeah. is obviously that's not what we were at all um so kind of like emo alternative rock um i guess how that's how i'd explain it um so yeah we started a band and we were called the sunset limited and we played we probably you know it's probably a year before we started actually playing shows but eventually we started to play shows at bars in portland and mostly at a place called the Analog Cafe and Theater, um, which was kind of like, I don't know, a pop-in place for kind of your punk scene in Portland. Um, I totally forgot, like, 
Well, when JB said, tell me about your band, I'm thinking, you in a band? But you say Sunset Limited. I think Gavin was a pretty big fan. Oh. <laughs> was he? Like, like, I might be able to, like, y'all ever come out with CDs? I might be able to find a CD. Yeah, they did make, a, we did make a CD. It's yeah. no longer on, it's no longer in a place you can stream it. It's not on, like, Ugh. Spotify or YouTube. Or, uh, what was that? Because uh, you have to pay, like, per year. Oh. And we're oh. just, like, we're not trying to get our music out there anymore. Gotcha. So, um, But we do have, I have it on my Google Drive saved, and. Um, have I think we probably have some copies of the CD. Can you around. send me the file, or at least like share it with me, and I'll sure. make sure that the the listeners oh, can listen. You know, yeah. we should you know mention last week. <laughs> oh, we were supposed to play music and we didn't. <laughs> right. So last week I was supposed to add a song to the end of the episode. It didn't happen. That's that's it. Actually, that was two weeks ago. Two yeah, weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Bummer. Yeah. Anyways, um, <laughs> could we add because his music doesn't have royalties. No. Could we add his to our episode? Um, I mean, we can discuss it at the end of the episode. I don't want to promise the listeners anything else and then it's having, not Having there. lied to them already. Yeah, having lied okay. to them already. <laughs> Maybe I do want royalties. <laughs> hey, everyone. Just a quick insert real fast. Uh, Drew gave us the audio for the band that he was in that we are just talking about there a few seconds ago. Um, the audio is going to play at the end of the episode, st- so stick around to hear it. Um, the song is called Eclipse. It's probably the band's best song. Um, it's my favorite song. It was his favorite song. And uh, Drew also didn't mention this, but he's actually the drummer of the band. So go ahead, stick around to the end of the episode to take a listen. So like every band, you guys break up, correct? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, it's not you, it's me. You know... We, it was hard to. That's what she said. (laughs) (laughs) We were best friends and we didn't have a lot of conflict until our band Uh started. And then all of a sudden we had all kinds of conflict because money was involved. Right. uh, Time, like significant time commitments were involved. And yeah, try starting a podcast. Oof. Yeah, <laughs> you guys probably understand. Yeah, the conflicts arise, you know. And Dallas no. isn't here. <laughs> oh, yikes! Yeah, you know, we kicked out that first host, and we're good now. <laughs> and you know, some of us didn't want to spend that much money. Some of us did. We all agreed that we wanted to get signed. That was the goal. But it was pretty clear that some of us didn't actually really want that that much yeah um, weren't, we weren't really wanting to, to put in a lot of the effort and then one of our the band members was just um a lot he had a lot of stuff going on in his personal life that was like kind of bleeding uh Girl into problems. the band and it just it just the band became an unhealthy thing uh so we just put an end to it um but we came out with one cd and we played some Shows at some really janky bars for <laughs> almost nobody. That's more than um, most people can say. And you know, we had fun most of the time. Um, like when when people say, "Oh yeah, I was in a band," it's like a cover band. But but y'all played original music, which is you know beyond yeah. what most people. Yeah, it's pretty yeah, cool yeah. to have that CD as like a little souvenir, and like you know, it's something we co- accomplished together, and that's pretty special. Um, and honestly, I think we were, we were decent. 
we were decent at the genre that we were doing. Uh, unfortunately, the genre is not super popular nowadays. I think if you know we came out like in like 2008 or something, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it would have been maybe a little bit different. But um, but it was fun. We even played if we're since we've been talking about the church and stuff. We played a show at in the church gym. <laughs> Which was just kind of awkward. Now that I think back on it, <laughs> it really was. It was just kind of an awkward because you had like some like old people from our church like there, like thinking it was going to be something it wasn't. Um, <laughs> but, they're like, "Wow, Drew like, does oh, a really good job yeah. on Sunday morning. Oh, Let's see man. how he does in concert." Music. And he's. Boom! 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 It boom! Rare, it you imagine really like loud Bob sitting at the back, of the, <laughs> back in the gym, just like seeing Spencer up there, just like. Yikes. Yeah, we had like a fog machine and like some stupid light, and like we played loud music, and um, yeah. So that yeah, that's the band. <laughs> Uh, what was cool is you got free drinks at this specific venue. They gave yeah. us like two free drinks a person. So we would just show up. We would have our two free drinks. And we would play a show. And uh, yeah, it was good. Yeah, you guys killed it. I I enjoyed I enjoyed it a lot. <laughs> good. I'm glad. Um, so where where are we in the timeline? So Drew, you just started as the coordinator um we start probably talk about mission trips in countries that he's been to oh, yeah that i want to be... hear about those so how many countries have you been to aside, you know for for the sake of missions trips. so you've proven oh, missions trips you've Only proven to us so that you've for mission trips th- how many you remo- you can remove that whole premise <laughs> how about just how many countries have you been to yeah aside um, from the us that's lame well Let's start with the basic ones. You know, there's Canada, and there's Mexico. Um, Naturally. And I went to Uganda on a mission trip. Um, I've been to Israel. I've been to Iceland, Thailand, New Zealand. Uh, I've been to... Did you say Iceland? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. That was the most recent one. I've been to the Bahamas... Um, that's not a new country. You keep going. <laughs> no, you're right. right. It's not. <laughs> Sorry, it's that was, not. That was rude and abrupt, <laughs> but true. Um, Costa Rica, briefly. Um, I think that's it. So that's nine. That's a lot. I didn't know about like half of those. Yeah, they all happen pretty quickly. Like really within. I don't know. Like there was a couple years where I was like, because my mom's a flight attendant, and uh, so her, so our family could fly free on standby by until right. until you hit twenty three. Well, mm. I, I mean, at least um, you know her son and daughter can mm-hmm. only uh, fly for you until they're twenty three. So I was twenty two <laughs> or twenty one, um, and then so when I was twenty one and twenty two, I was like, I gotta. I got to travel as yeah. much as I can. And my work schedule allowed it. I just told my boss at the church, like, hey, I'm going to travel. I'm going to go to Iceland real quick. <laughs> She's, like, back She's like, okay. <laughs> She's like, okay, uh, that's fine. Um, and, you know, my side hustles 
I can just do whenever I want. Right. So walk us through each country. Oh my goodness. Because I've heard some of these stories. Because is it Iceland that the sun didn't set? Correct. Yeah. Um, during the summer. And you can just like hit the high points of like, yeah. each country. Hit the, or hit the high points of each country. And then your or favorite just a good country. Or a good all story. the ones that you've gone to. I have a... I have two stories I would like to share with you guys. Yeah, um, let's hear it. Because I don't have, have a, a lot to say that. about most of the countries, um, other than just some brief things. Um, yeah, so Thailand. Let's talk about Thailand for a second. Uh, let's let's just <laughs> okay. fast forward the whole trip until I'm leaving. So. <laughs> Highlight of the trip. <laughs> so I I am uh, trying to get home, and I'm flying standby, which if you guys don't know what standby mm. is, it, it means that you literally stand by until there is a <laughs> spot open on the, on the plane, and then you can fly for free. But if there's not a spot, you got to wait for the next one. And sometimes the next one's in a day or two days. Day. You know, it depends. Um, depends on where you're going. Um, so I am trying to get from Thai or Bangkok to um, some place in Japan. Oh, it was Tokyo. Yeah. So that's where I'm trying to go. What? And uh, that's so cool. that's I awesome. get. I, I'm. I'm I at the airport. Tokyo. I show up to um, the airline booth or whatever. You want and to write out which airline this was? I don't even remember. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and uh, the lady just looks at me at, from head to toe, and she just goes, mm, no. I'm like, <laughs> what? I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean no? <laughs> and she's like, uh, I'm going to refrain from trying to do accents because I don't want to come off. I think off, you should. I don't want to come off please, racist. Please go for <laughs> it. <laughs> Premise um, that you're not trying to be racist. Were, were you, I, go ahead. Were you in Bangkok at this time? Yeah. Okay, I don't even know what that would sound like, so it's going to sound good to me. <laughs> Where's Bangkok? No, I'm going to keep it. Uh, oh, so okay. so she she's just like, uh, you, you're not dressed correctly. I mean, we have a dress what? code. Uh-huh. And I'm like, uh, I had no idea, but and she's she's like, yeah, you you need you need black pants and a white shirt, and I you know I don't have that. What? I have one suitcase with like three Stuff outfits, and that's it. America is there, is there a? I think the accent does play a role <laughs> because you're traveling alone, right? Yeah. Um, is there a language barrier with this? There is a huge language lady? barrier. So you're trying to figure out why she's telling you no. Yeah. And you're pointing to your body, trying to figure out, like, what, what, <laughs> what isn't working here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so there's a huge language bar- barrier. And I, I get to the point where I realize there's a dress code. And I'm like, well, shit. I don't have that. I don't have the clothes. And, yeah. and the next flight is like a day from now and i'm on a tight budget i can't afford to like stay even at a hostel for well i guess i could but i i'm cheap i don't want to stay at another hostel right and i you know um and there there was an open seat for you yeah what? or what there's yeah there was um so, so even this was you... all gonna work out i was there on time and so, well actually no that's another part of it i 
I wasn't there on time. I was actually a little <laughs> bit late, so time is of the essence here. And um, So hypothetically, if she did tell you no, then you would have to just wait a day and still find the right outfit and then go. Yes. Ugh. Yeah, so, um, so I'm stressing out. I'm like, is there uh, – is there like a store that I can buy some black pants? And I think, you know, it was just a black, the black pants that I needed. I had the right shirt or whatever. So you're wearing like shorts or something? Yeah, I was wearing shorts. Okay. Um, it was hot. Yeah. Um, with you there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm like, is there a store that I can, you know, get some black pants from? I, I'd really appreciate it if you like pointed me in the right direction. She's like, Oh, you know, you can go maybe go over there. Um, and I'm like, okay. And over there is like at the other end of the airport. Oh. So I like I'm booking it to the other end of the airport, and uh, I'm scurrying around. And I realize, okay, this place like sells like coffee, <laughs> and that's like does not sell pants. I'm like, oh shoot, and I am just stressing out. Um, so I ru- and I'm asking people around. They're like. Oh, maybe try this other place. And it was like at the other other end of the airport. So I run to the other end of the airport and trying to find these black pants and oh, they don't they don't have the black pants. And uh I do this like another time to another place and I'm like, I'm gonna miss this freaking flight. I'm gonna have to stay here for another another day. Or maybe it was even two days, I don't remember. And um but then I'm like, no. No, I am getting I'm getting on this flight. I am going to get on this flight. So, I start looking around trying to look for somebody who's about 6-1. Oh, I hope this turns into theft. <laughs> and, and then uh I find somebody. And uh I am going to do the accent here cuz I think I do a pretty believable yes. Middle Eastern. Uh I uh, I'm like, hey, hey, buddy, hey, buddy, can you can you help me out for a second? And he's like, oh, my friend, my friend, how how may I help you? <laughs> Why is buddy your go-to? I'm like, I'm like, okay, I I know this is really awkward, but I explain the whole situation. I'm like, look, man, I need some pants. I'll give I'll give you, I'll give you a lot of money for these pants. <laughs> for his uh, pants. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm like, do you have black pants I can just buy off of you? And he's like, you, you need pants. I'm like, yes, yes, I need pants. And he's like, from me? I'm like, yes, yes, from you. And he's like, oh, let me check. And and he, he goes through his stuff, and he finds these black sweatpants. And, and he gives them to me. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to – I give him like – I don't know, the equivalent of like maybe like 80 bucks here oh, wow. or something. Okay, like I'm okay. just really thankful. For, and he's like, no, 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 no. I cannot accept. I cannot accept. And I'm like, no, 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 please, please take it. He's like, no, 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 no. I cannot accept. I cannot accept. <laughs> and he ends up just getting, giving me these pants. And then I, I put them on and I run back to the airline booth. And it's almost like she's disappointed that I found pants. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, oh, this okay. American, all okay. right. I guess you can go. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I actually make the the flight, and I still have those sweatpants to this day. That's Dang. awesome. Yeah. Were they worth eighty bucks that you didn't give? Well, no, the zipper broke. That oh. the pocket zipper thing broke immediately. I was pretty upset about that. <laughs> Good thing you didn't so pay eighty bucks. Glad for I didn't. Pay. <laughs>
Um, so that you that was your Thailand trip. Yeah. So the next uh, story I have is in Iceland. Um, so I'm traveling with Daniel. He's a good friend of mine, um, and some of you know him. JD uh-huh. knows him quite well. Noah, you know him. Yeah. Um, I've met him once or twice. Yeah, great guy. Um, so we we're traveling in Iceland, and a big thing about Iceland is that uh, they have a big like pool culture, like everybody, all families, uh, the cool kids, like billiards pool, like uh, I don't know, like, like playing. I'm talk- yeah, I'm talking. No, I'm talking about like an actual pool. Like oh, swim. oh okay. yeah, like swim culture, like and also like uh, hot tub, mm-hmm. hot tubbing. Nice, um, a lot of hot springs as well, like natural, but but just hot tubbing mm-hmm. as well. And so uh, Daniel and I are like, okay, we gotta we gotta get a taste of the culture <clears throat> here, and um, and so we uh, we have like several shots before we go to this pool. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. I just get really drunk. I'm like pretty drunk and we're just sitting in this hot tub and uh, Daniel gets really embarrassed like really quick and he, he's more of a like silent drunk, just like chill. I can um, see that. And I, he does get philosophical sometimes. <laughs> pretty funny. Um, but I, I just get loud and annoying when I'm drunk. Uh, so I'm being loud and annoying in this hot tub and I'm starting to make a scene. I don't remember what I was doing. Um, but Daniel, Daniel was like, okay, we need, we need to go to the actual pool now. And so he leads me to the, the pool or whatever. And, um, and there's this like, just this pickup game of basketball going on in the pool. Yeah. Like just, nice. it, yeah. Like, I don't know. There were, there were a couple different games going on, but one of them was just like uh like these two like 17-year-old Icelanders, like <laughs> natives, like playing like a one-on-one game of basketball. And then I'm like, "Daniel, we got to challenge him." <laughs> Take him. Oh. challenge him. And and he's like, "No, no, no, no. Drew, no. We're not challenging him." I'm like, "No, we're challenging him." <laughs> and so we challenge him. We're like, "No, we're do you guys want to play some basketball? And they kind of look at us. They're like, uh, <laughs> like they just feel really awkward <laughs> about it. But they're like, oh yeah, sure, sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, long story short, we play this game of basketball, like a very aggressive game of basketball. <laughs> and you know, I'm just being a total tool the whole time, like trash yeah. talking them. Um, and they're just like, these guys are like weird. These guys are weird. <laughs> Uh, but Daniel's laughing, having a good time too. And we ended up winning. That's awesome. We ended up winning this game of basketball. And, uh, and the best part is at the very, so we just won this game of basketball and I'm really competitive. And if I win, I'll let you know. And (laughs) so I'm just like gloating to these Icelanders. And then at the very end, I say like, we're leaving and it would probably be like the equivalent of like a half court shot like at an actual gym no way. and i have the ball and i'm just like i say something really stupid and i'm just like <laughs> america rules oh, <laughs> no. like don't you guys forget that america is like better or like or just <laughs> something <laughs> Whatever, cool and then i just like shoot with. the ball and i swish it <laughs> no. from wow. like the equivalent of like half court i'm like yeah that's right <laughs> and, then we, and then we leave <laughs> so that was just like a really fun moment in iceland 
yeah big pool <laughs> culture there um yeah that's crazy um, so those are the main you made america stories proud. and then i don't know i i've enjoyed every um every country i've been to um i guess i'll briefly there's not much of a story here other than i went to new zealand i i um I'm a big Lord of the Rings fan. Mm. So I went to where they filmed the Mordor scenes and, uh, Mount doom is an actual mountain that I wanted to climb. Um, which you totally can. Uh, but I went to Mordor. Um, it's actually called the Tongarero Alpine crossing. If you guys want to look it up, um, very much recommend it. Um, and you just did it. And I, I did not. I I missed Mount Doom. I couldn't find it. <gasps> oh no! <laughs> I I could not find. It was a really cloudy day, uh-huh. and I was getting done with the hike, and I noticed it was like going downhill. And I'm like, I don't think Mount Doom will be downhill from if here. You were a hobbit. But then I like I like get to like towards the end of the hike, and it's it was like we went way downhill, and then I then I'm like where was Mount doom? And I look back and it was just right. It was like way off in the distance and it's somehow oh, I, I missed it. Dang. So I went to Mordor and I didn't see Mount doom. I walked right past it. That's crazy. That hurts. So that was kind of a bummer. <laughs> so. Um, let's talk about food of all the countries you visited, which has the best and which has the worst food. Oh, that's a good mm. question. You can see where my interests lie. <laughs> I love Thai food. So I'd say mm-hmm. Thailand. Um, you gotta. I went to a lot of touristy places in Thailand. Um, so it had Americanized. Yeah. So they. You had to. So I went to this island called Koh Phi. I know, funny name. Um, Bless you. But it was very touristy. But I ended up going to like where all of the workers who like basically run all the tourist attractions mm-hmm. where they eat. They had like this little Whoa. food like place to get food and um i got some of their like authentic um curries and man so so and also bangkok had some really good street food and i don't even remember what the names of what i had but um, a lot of really cool street food um worst food i don't think i ate anything that was Hmm. bad on my trips all right yeah you ever had jing li no. Okay. What is that? Uh, it's just baked crickets seasoned. Oh, yeah. Huh. I would not eat that. <laughs> Sounds appetizing. <laughs> They're kind of like peanuts, but, you know, with salt and, like, more crunch. Yeah. Mm. You can taste the legs. Mm. Well, you can feel the legs. You, you mean can't the taste texture? Them. Yeah. So, you're traveling the world, and you're working this pretty great job, it sounds like, and... And you've got your side hustles. What what happens next? Oh God! Um, <laughs> moving on to the dark side of my life, I guess. Because <laughs> so, things do deteriorate pretty fast for me um, after I become the youth coordinator. Um, so to set the stage, you've been working for the church. Yeah. For seven, eight years, going on eight, right? Golly. Yeah. And what happens there? You run into some personal stuff, don't you? Yeah. Um, so 
like everybody, I'm sure, um, just going through a lot of like doubts. I mean, anybody who grew up in the church can probably relate with that. Um, but just some like really big doubts and, um, a lot of questions, um, that I have just developed over time, just like, and that have just been piling and piling and piling and piling on each other. And, um, eventually I get to a point where I, I can't do my job anymore as the youth coordinator. So is it, is it a bunch of little things like, um, Calvinism versus Arminianism, or is it like foundational things? Uh, more foundational stuff. Okay. Um, not that those two aren't foundational things. I think well, for some people they can be, but you know, little things adding up, or is it foundational things? It's kind of everything, really. But um, the foundational stuff was what really got me, and and that is just a really crappy situation because um i've built this life that is just the church is just infused in every aspect of my life like it's my parents it's my family um it's uh you know i i'm somebody i am somebody in the church like i'm a i'm the youth coordinator um i have all these friends that are a part of my church or just Christian. Um, You're the elder's son. Yeah. Um, a son <laughs> of an elder. Um, I, uh, you know, curse. I, I was son of an elder. <laughs> I've served at summer camps and mm-hmm. built a lot of friendships. There was the speaker at a couple of summer camps. Um, You've done a few sermons yourself in front of the entire congregation. Yep. Um, <laughs> my school uh community all christian mm-hmm. um so all of a sudden i'm kind of realizing you know i don't think i can even identify as a christian right now at least what most evangelicals consider to be a christian mm-hmm. and meanwhile i'm working this job where i am the leader of the youth group You're and this goes teaching on weekly yeah this goes like m- my spiritual struggle got really bad uh about a year after i a year before i actually quit so like all that year i was just like a wreck and it like just kept building and building and building and um eventually I just break down and I end up on the phone with um, a really good friend of mine, Jeremy. And uh, he just says, Drew, I think you need to quit. And, and that I knew he was right, but, Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I was like, man, this really sucks. Uh, But he, he's right. And um, that night I, um, I called my mentor uh, that I talked about, um, Tyler, over, and because I just needed to tell somebody who was like kind of high up in our church, just to let someone know and to get it off my chest, because I knew that I 
wouldn't I may not have the courage in the morning to do it. Right. So he comes over, I tell him, I'm just like I am in tears, I'm shaking. Uh it's not pretty. So um, to be clear, you would let it all build up instead of letting somebody know like, hey, I'm going through this right now. I I had let some close friends in the church know about okay. my struggles throughout it all. I was vague. I was pretty vague about it. Right. Um, I don't know. I, I was detailed about some things, but um, I never, I just never made the commitment to the statement. I don't think I can identify as a Christian because yeah. I, I knew that would screw everything up. Right. <laughs> um, and I definitely, didn't, I didn't want that. Um, and not, and it wasn't just my job. Like, it wasn't just my job, it was also my family, because my my dad, my mom are really, have been really proud of me, like, I'm kind of, like, it seemed like I was doing all the right things, and uh, they're proud of who I was, or the image that I had, and um, they paid for half of my school. Yeah. And, um, so that, that a lot of it was telling my parents as well. And also it just really sucks having a lot of people who saw you as a role model in the spiritual community Mm. and having to tell them that I, I just, I can't do it anymore because of some struggles that I'm, or like, because I'm doubting some very foundational things. Yeah. And, and I, I just hated the idea of hurting somebody else's faith because of that. Um, so that was really tough. Um, and you hadn't had, you hadn't come to any conclusions yet. You just no. knew that you were struggling and you weren't in a good place to teach or to be leading or to even be the front and center guy of it all. Yeah. Yep. And, yeah, I knew that for a while before I actually got the courage to actually quit. But I was trying really hard to start transitioning myself out. Mm -hmm. Um, I was... Getting people to take your responsibilities. Yeah, and and I justified it in my head with saying, okay, I'm going to be done in June. It was like january when i actually quit um but i went into that whole ministry year thinking all right this year is going to be a year of transitioning the leadership to somebody else and um and i'll just fake it until june but that obviously was not sustainable (laughs) um, because i just destroyed myself yeah (laughs) um so you so you end up telling tyler you're like, hey, all this shit is going on, and you decide to quit. How does that conversation go? Well, how did Tyler take it? Tyler took it well. Um, I don't think he was very surprised. I mean, because he's one of the people that I had been talking to okay. before. Um, and he, I remember him saying, like, yeah, like, you never quite said anything for me to do something about it but 
but you were kind of heading that direction. Yeah. So he kind of saw it coming. Um, I told Scott the day after, which is the um, the preaching pastor. Um, he doesn't like being called the main pastor or like the head pastor but he he is <laughs> sorry scott that's so funny uh i tell him i go to his house I, it's the same thing shaking, i'm just crying, shaking crying yeah. and uh he was a mentor of mine he wasn't just like you know the pastor for me he was actually like a mentor like we met weekly yeah um um then Oh, I told my parents that <laughs> Seems important. night uh, that I told Tyler. I told them right before Tyler, and that was – it was just all really hard. Um, and then I told uh, the, the leadership at The Zone, which is put on by high school students. Um, so I told all of them all at once. Um that was pretty emotional all of it was and then um i told the core youth group at what we call ybx which mm-hmm. is like a i talked talked about it earlier um mm. a gathering after the sunday service and all of that just was really hard um i felt like i kind of let them down and um and i was saying goodbye there were a lot of things that i loved about my job um, I lo- definitely loved all of the people I was ser- serving. I didn't want to like, I wanted to have them in my life, you know? Yeah. Um, but I knew that I wasn't going to be able to be a part of their lives anymore. Just yeah. practically speaking, how would I? <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so that, that just was really tough. Um, but yeah, uh, eventually I let everybody who needs to know, know. And, um, and I, I made it clear that I wasn't planning to attend any more worship services, at least for a while, mm-hmm. um, or just anything really at Flida, because um, it just didn't really make sense to, like, with where I was at. Um, I was dealing with some very foundational questions that were assumed, um, or, like, a lot of the theology was just assumed in order to even participate in it like for example if you're in a worship service like i couldn't even worship you know it's like okay i just need to stop um so um so yeah i part ways with flida um and ultimately just the church in general i haven't attended any church function um other than um for a while I was still going to a small group that I was a part of, which um, was just some friends and I. Uh, Trevor talked about him. Uh, Tyler talked about him and a guy named Alex. We just met weekly to just talk about life. Um, there was no like Bible study um, or anything like that. So I attended that for a while, but even that has become hard for me. Um, even though I love them so much deeply, I'm just dealing with more. It's only gotten harder, really, uh, my struggle. So it's like, it's hard to even do that. Yeah. So. Um, 
how did how did all of those people in a summary take that did they did they go yeah that makes sense this guy's being honest with where he's at and he needs a break to just evaluate what he believes or was it were like, they reasonable about it? or were that's they out of left field kind of been like whoa you've been hiding from us for so long that's <laughs> man what a jerk we didn't know him at all he's you know nothing like that you, no, thankfully um that section of my uh so so what i just described you know like stepping down from leadership um mm-hmm. taking a break from flyda um that was taken very well um I had, didn't have anybody that, that gave me crap for that. Um, you know, most people um, just wanted to help. Um, there were a couple of people that meant well, but ended up saying some pretty <laughs> offensive things to me. There always are. Uh, just, you know, here, read this book. I don't want to read that book. And then I find it on my <laughs> desk, like... Wow, really? Yeah, stuff like, no clear stuff like that. Um, that was a very short summary of that conversation. <laughs> uh, wow. But um, I bet all of that was like emotional mumbo jumbo. And then you'd hear, you'd hear them say the same thing three or four times. And then it's like it finishes with read this book. Yeah. That's, my, that's me projecting my life onto you. <laughs> yeah, my, my family had a small group. Um, that met at our house, and Ooh. meanwhile, I was living with my parents, and um, one of the people, that was always hard, to have all these flight of people in my house, ha- or church people in my house, and um, them all knowing about my stuff, because there was like a, I think there was a church-wide email about it. Um, Probably. At least. Yikes. They're yeah, always pretty sure it's always, that email. yeah. Um, so everybody, it's hard have yeah it's hard when everybody knows right uh it's just hard being a leader i guess and then falling out of that leadership and then having those people that know about it in your house and one of those people came up to me and we were just making small talk and then it just came out of nowhere he's like did you know that you can know for a fact that the bible is the word of god and i'm like Oh, I did not know that. <laughs> and, you're like, and, wait, and he's, you're like, what what was just... your degree title again? <laughs> I, bet, I bet you're almost like this is the first in the Bible that disagrees. <laughs> and um oh, and I'm and and he's like, Yeah, so I have this book and I really want you to read it and da 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 and I'm I'm like that's an excellent question. I have some other books that I'm reading right now. Um, yeah. I'll let you know if I would like to read that book. And then I and then I go back to my office like the next week, and I see like a stack of books on my. T- oh my! And my parents, Holy. my parents are like, "Oh, so and so, I just left this for you to read." I'm like, "Dude." Brutal. But th- I mean, it could be way worse, right? That's true. E- well, yeah, yeah. It could have just all. But been it could be way better. <laughs> yeah, and like a bunch of hate talk about. Oh, how, totally. Like you're wrong. You're you're wrong. You yeah. know. Yeah. It's like. All right. But yeah, then, I get, but then well, they could assume. Hold on, he's been in Bible college. He's been at the church for a very long time. There's nothing we could tell him that's new information. Right. It poses the question: What's worse, you're wrong, or 
uh, I don't, or, or like a, hey, Drew, read these books instead of, hey, Drew, what's going on? But like, if you really trying think to about connect, it, you know? like in most people's story, there's some sort of an, an identity in Christ question at any given time in their walk. Right. Yeah. I think that's a very common thing with most people. Yes. I, yeah. Like, take your time. Like, figure out what's you. Right. And you and know what I mean? No like, amount of saying, find your identity of, in Christ is going to get you there. Because ultimately, yeah, it's, you, it's, it's between you and God. Like, right. If you need something, I'm here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and, and, and Drew could have said that. <laughs> <laughs> like, and, and Drew has everything we just said. I'm sure Drew knows yeah. and has said before, which to pull it back even further. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think you're right. Every Every Christian, every religious individual has some kind of conflict in their walk and and a lot of them solve it partially and mm-hmm. then when somebody else is struggling they they mean extremely well right. but what they end up doing is they end up projecting their mm-hmm. struggle onto you and then solving it the way that it was solved for mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. i'm sure that book was instrumental in that guy's walk and mm-hmm. he was like no this is going to fix you um but yeah. it, it it just ended up you know, being a little bit offensive because he didn't take the time to like ask me, like, what are you struggling with? How, how, um, or maybe I can share some of my experience yeah. with mm-hmm. that. It would have been a very different conversation and received right. a lot differently for me if that's the way it was. But, um, but yeah, like all of the people in leadership had my back. Um, that's good. They mm-hmm. were very supportive. I felt very, loved uh-huh. um i i have no, no critiques feelings. um besides what i just said um so <laughs> uh, so so you cause this big ripple in the church of like hey drew who's been a member for however long his family he's grown up in this church leadership he's been a leader here he's 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 taken a step back to just reevaluate it all so that was the first big ripple you want to tell us about the second big ripple? Oh, Noah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You don't have to. We're not making you say anything, but... <laughs> oh, it's all good. All right. Um, yeah, so I came out as gay um, shortly after that, uh, which is... That is a, a very different story. Like, that. that was... That wasn't taken... Well, it was taken differently. Um, it was taken differently than somebody struggling with their faith and trying to figure things out. Because um, what I ended up doing with that is I said, I'm not only gay, I'm going to pursue my sexuality. Which in our circle, which I'm sure some of you listeners are like, wait being gay and pursuing your sexuality that those are two separate things yeah can you explain that for the listeners i think that's a good <laughs> distinction to yeah make. so in and at least our community that we grew up in at least my understanding of it is like someone can be gay um have you know well i don't need to explain being gay <laughs> <laughs> you guys know what being gay is you can have, you know um you can be gay but you can uh, not pursue it. You can sit on the sidelines and just, um, it's just something that you struggle with. And it, it's, 
um, your, um, yeah, so pursuing your sexuality is different than just having a certain sexuality. Like, here's an example, like, um, just for like a straight person, um, you can lust for, um, somebody who's not your wife, but you can also pursue that and be like, oh, I'm going to have sex with that person who's not my wife. So there's a different differentiation between having the desire and pursuing it. So that translates over to the, um, conversation regarding homosexuality. You can be a homosexual or have that urge, mm-hmm. but have those tendencies. Yeah. But not, you know, sleep with a guy or right. date a guy you, you or can, you can have feelings, but then choose celibacy rather than have feelings and then choose pursuit or action on those feelings. Yes. Gotcha. Yep. Um, so I was just like, Hey, I'm gay and I'm going to pursue that. And, um, in our community that at least the people who are like very religious, which were, was my community, like right. the leaders, a, and, a the Baptist leaders in the church. church. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, my parents as well. And, um, and my closest friends were also in this camp. Um, it's earth shattering. It's earth shattering because to them, that means that you are no longer following Christ. And, um, and in our tradition, most people believe in a literal hell that, um, if you are not following Christ, if you have not placed your faith in Christ, which includes following Mm -hmm. Christ in this specific way, um, you will go to hell. Um, so it's, it is me making that statement to a lot of people was, okay, Drew is choosing death. Basically, this is where Drew goes to die. Yeah. Um, so, um, my parents took it very hard. Um, and, yeah, telling them was very, very hard. And um, can what what does it look like before that moment? So you obviously telling everybody is hard, but what gave you the courage to do so? Or what 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 was the turning moment of like, OK, I've known this for a while or maybe you hadn't. Can can, can I make your question even bigger? That's what she said. Sure. So. <laughs> I took a social boundaries course, <clears throat> which is a weird sentence to say, but there's um, the, there's basically four steps to being open about something. The first is I'm not even going to acknowledge that I think it. Denial. S- denial. The yeah. second is, okay, I think it, but I'm not okay thinking it, and I don't like it about myself. So once you get past that one, then it's like, okay, other people won't will like they'll hear me but not accept it and then it's like okay now they hear me and accept it interesting yeah do you mind walking us through those yeah um i think yeah my story touches on all those categories so um never thought a social boundaries course would come in handy (laughs) (laughs) here we are (laughs) well first of all uh before uh, even shortly before I came out, if you were to ask me, 
are you gay? Which that's not something you usually <laughs> ask. But if Especially you were if you were to ask me that, I probably would have told you no. And I probably I I honestly think I would that would have been genuine. Okay. Um because but but here's the thing. I knew ever since I was in like first grade that I had same sex attraction and it was pretty strong. But I bec- but I was in denial about it up until shortly after I came out. When I left the church, it was not because of my sexuality. Okay. It was that was separate. Well, at least knowingly consciously i saw it as a separate thing but now looking back on it it has always been a huge trauma in my life Mm -hmm. um trauma is in i mentioned that i have been in denial about it um as you guys can imagine um like there are about a thousand reasons not to be gay or not to want not to want to be gay (laughs) right when you grow up in an atmosphere that we did um, and several other atmospheres, like I just yeah. feel like the world is just not very right. accepting um, mainly of gay people. Yeah, um, it's like you get one month and the rest of our, our ours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, while I knew that I was different and like I had same sex attraction, I kind of minimized it my whole life and said it's just a face it's it'll you'll grow out of it yeah or, or like and the thing about me is like my sexual sexuality is not linear sometimes i am physically attracted to women too it's just rare yeah <laughs> it doesn't happen very often uh-huh. um and so so um but covid hits and you're reevaluating your life. And I'm like reevaluating my else. life. <laughs> and I all of a sudden don't have this job that like is just pressures me socially in so many different ways. Because, you know, you, it just does when you're a, a youth, basically a youth pastor. Right. Like um, you you put a lot of things on the back burner. Like one of those things was my sexuality. It's like, okay, I think that I might be gay, but I'm just not going to like worry about that right now. Not going to pursue that because that would screw a bunch of shit up. (laughs) (laughs) So, but now I'm not, and now I am not a part of the church at all. So that has taken a huge weight off my back. And if I'm being completely frank, I don't think I ever fully was on board with like homosexuality is wrong and definitely towards the end of my ministry career, definitely within like a year or even more, I was like, uh, I think homosexuality is okay. But I was teaching that it wasn't, um, a lot. Uh, our, that's a whole nother conversation. How, how much, uh, you were... The church talks about sexuality <clears throat> in general. Um, but... Um, so was that one of the foundational pieces that you were struggling with before you came out? Or was that not even really in question? 
as far as your opinion of it um the found or was my job or no you said um your foundational doubts was that one of those foundational things or no i didn't think it was at first okay uh so when i left the church i wasn't really thinking about that that much Mm -hmm. um but it was one of them i had more more like kind of academic questions rather than emotional questions however i realized later on that i actually it was a mix like i had a lot of intellectual questions but i also had a lot of like okay why doesn't god seem to accept Mm. homosexuality um some and some other issues as well i won't like name them all but um and and yeah, I I'm, I'm forgetting where I was at in my story, but um. So you're, you've brought us up to like first, well. First, oh yeah, yeah, first yeah. grade, and then you skip to quitting your job. There's a huge gap in between. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I mentioned that like, um, I was in denial about it, but then, uh, my job. I no longer had my job, so that social pressure was taken off. Um, but I still had a lot of reasons to not be gay. But then, but then COVID happens. I'm bored. I'm like a wreck emotionally, spiritually. Man, you said a wreck. I thought you were going for a different word. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yep. Um, and then I hop on Tinder, and I changed my profile to well i've actually never been on tinder before i start my profile as a gay man um i'm like you know what what do i have to lose even though i have a ton to lose but (laughs) uh, you just forgot that part (laughs) but i'm like i have a whole lot less to lose right now um so I, i i hop on tinder and i start getting likes from guys that i find really really attractive and i'm like and it was a feeling that i have never had before like i I, i'm sure right like you straight people understand (laughs) that like when when you like the butterflies in your stomach i have never had that in my life yeah because i've dated women my whole life yeah because that was the right thing to do so i i tried um but I never really, I mean, a little bit, but it was a way different experience, an experience that everybody has when you're pursuing your sexuality. Mm-hmm. And I had that for the first time, and I'm like, holy shit, I am gay. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I am definitely gay. And, like, this, this feels really good, like, to, like, those, know that there are guys clarity. that I find attractive think right. that I'm attractive like it was it was really exciting and then and and then I'm like oh shit I'm gay um that'll have ramifications that will have huge ramifications but but I'm like but you have that clarity like he mentioned yeah. I have this clarity like, and then but and I'm also so excited and like the dopamine is getting to me and I'm right. like I don't give a shit. <laughs> I am I am doing this and and I start talking to some people and 
um, I even start um, seeing some people and um, and I end up dating somebody um, and I'm doing it all in secret. Um, I'm still living with my parents at this time uh-huh. and it's all in secret. And, and, and then did that look like, Hey mom, dad, we're going to have a play date. Wink, wink. It, or it just, yeah, I just made excuses. Okay. Like I am, I don't remember what my excuse was. Uh, Oh, I'm hanging out with, you know, my friend Jeremy or something or, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's something different each time. Um, and Jeremy isn't gay, or he is gay, to be clear? He's not gay. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, yeah, so I start... And, and then, from then on, my life, I know my life is just... As I know it, it's going to come crashing down at some point, because I'm, like, I'm pretty committed at this point. I'm like, okay, I am gay. You're going and, on dates. <laughs> and I, I, if I want to actually pursue this which i do because i don't i don't think it's wrong and like it makes me feel really good and it and and then i'm like when once i realize all this then i'm able to look back on all the trauma that i've had my whole life that i've never acknowledged before um just you know growing up in the church hearing them teach the things that they teach and um and having to and all the shame that I've felt. Um, and this isn't unique to just gay people, uh, but growing up in purity culture, um, I feel like shame is a big part of it. Like, yeah. um, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if you guys have felt that um, in many ways. And, and for me, I had that as well, but I also had it was like a double whammy because I was not attracted to the right person. So it was, I just, I just realized, man, I just, just felt like shit my whole life regarding this whole thing. Um, and now I'm just, and I don't feel like it's wrong. I, I, I've heard so many arguments against it and I personally, like, I just, I don't find them that convincing. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm ready. Well, I'm not ready to come out, but um, I realize I'm going to come out. And man, I hate to break it to you. You're on a podcast. <laughs> this is going on Spotify. He's talking about past. <laughs> he does the same thing that I do. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 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 <laughs> Sorry. Can I? I do want to affirm that uh, the way that sexuality is taught is definitely. A lot of shame and very much black and white and when when you came out I wasn't I'm not shocked by news of that sorts or people's just shit that they have or things that they need to sort out I'm usually not shocked by that and I wasn't by your story um, something that clicked in my head that made sense was like huh Drew is the only person I've ever known to speak on the distinction between being gay and having those tendencies and then acting that out. And I thought that was very, um, I don't know. It's just, it just sticks out in my head, not only as a part of your story, but as a part of like, um, just teaching in the church in general of like, Mm -hmm. wow, I've never seen anybody ever do this and do it well. Hmm. So I thought that I would throw that in. That's interesting because I feel in the church that, 
or at least when I've sought out proper, like those who I agree with in teaching, it's like there are those who say, oh yeah, there's being gay and then no, no one would ever make the distinction that you've made in the difference between being gay and acting out in sexuality. Um, but yeah, that's... Yeah, it's... I don't know why I've never heard that verbalized. Yeah. Huh. And, and and when I listen to those whom I agree with, like, love the sin, or not the sin, and then it's, like, everyone who I agree with has that distinction as a prerequisite, but never verbalized. Right. Yeah, well, it's, and it's that's everywhere. That's weird. And the after that's school... So weird. The after school program that we taught to all these middle schoolers, like, this is the culture that we're walking into. We're walking into a lot of... Um, kids with broken homes and mm-hmm. um that that definitely adds to the mix of like just searching um and no matter where where people are at they're searching and uh that was definitely something that we had to teach towards of like these kids are searching for something and um it's definitely we need to be sensitive to like what's going on because this is something that the church has they've seen before but um they may have not uh, dealt with it with a loving hand mm. per se. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, so you come to this point of, all right, it's time to tell people or even before that, what made you say, all right, I need to tell somebody. Is it right. because so that you were, you, if I could go back to the um, social boundaries, yeah, <laughs> please do. You've broken through the first one of feeling it and not acknowledging it. And now you've broken through acknowledging it and being okay with it. So now the the other two you're facing are how am I going to deal with getting other people to not only acknowledge it, but be like to hear it and acknowledge and be okay with it. Those are tough ones. I mean, they're all tough, <laughs> but yeah. Um, well, I, the thing is, is I didn't think that people were going to be okay with it. And I still, I've just kind but of, not accepted, everyone is, of I've just kind of accepted that. Like, um, even, even you guys, I, like, I know, uh, I don't know exactly where you guys are at. Um, but I, I have just kind of, I'm not at peace with it, but I'm, I just realize it's a reality that most of the people in my life are not going to agree with me. And, um, and I want I want to be in a place where I can respect that. And, um, but, but at the same also th- them respecting me too. Right. Right. It's so it'd be a two way street. There. Yeah. So, um, I guess I don't really fit that molding that okay. well. Um, because my parents, they do not agree. <laughs> um, yeah. My, the best friends that I had, um, my my church friends in that small group um my mentor trevor alex all those people do not agree with my choice yeah um i I can try to re-explain how the boundaries work like you have to break through all of these before deciding to act out on it publicly so so you've broken through like okay i'm okay with myself doing it but then there's other people knowing it and then they're not okay with it. And then the last boundary is, even if they're not okay with it, I'm going to do it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, then that does fit. Right. <laughs> Sorry. I, I must have misheard. Oh, no. I totally explained it poorly. It was, man, I, 
<laughs> that's was four okay. years ago I took this <laughs> course. <That's okay. laughs> but but yeah, what ended up getting me to the point of coming out was I was dating this guy and it was going really well and I thought it was getting pretty serious um and so I I came out because I wanted to live my life dating him openly you know I didn't want to yeah. keep it a secret um and so I had all these things lined up like I was actually going to move out of my house I was going to tell my parents right before I move so I have some space they have some space Um, you kind of just truncated all the change into one night yeah so um, so yeah things were going well with this guy I had my new place Um, what I didn't have was a community because I kind of lost my community so that Mm. um, but anyway um, I come out it's really, really hard. Um, and then, unfortunately, the guy breaks up with me. Jeez. And then I'm just alone in this house. <laughs> uh, and That sucks. And so it was, yeah, it's been a, a pretty, it was a pretty rough few months um, having lost my job. Um, lost my identity as a re- well-respected Christian slash leader in the church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now, not only that, but now seen as somebody who is an outsider, somebody who's on the road of death, you know? Wow. Um, did Did this guy leave you because he didn't want to walk through that? with you yeah like did he struggle coming out as well or uh or was it just like compatibility is it like he was he was uh going to school in arizona so he left uh for that and we tried long distance and he was just like yeah it's not gonna work out and i'm like that's understandable but that's really yeah (laughs) what a bad time um so then i yeah i yeah, I lost my kind of identity, kind of take on this new identity for my community as, I don't know, uh, someone who is loved, but someone who's on the outside. I have these friends, but they don't approve of, like, this big part of me. So, like, that just creates some distance. Right. Um, and then... Uh, natural, natural distance. Yeah, and, and then... The, the guy that was kind of distracting me from all of the crap breaks up with me and COVID's happening. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just wow, like, that's, wow. That's the worst of everything. So, um, if, if, if I may, I have a weird question. So it's a, you said first grade was as early as you remember feeling what you felt. Yeah. Now, I can only imagine that it put you through cognitive dissonance where your mind is like, this is bad, and your heart's like, but it doesn't feel bad. And then you grew with that and then pushing mind onto your heart until you finally decided, oh, and Christianity too, so even more cognitive dissonance to where then in the end you're like, okay, well, I'm going to strip the top layer off first. There goes Christianity. Okay, now I'm going to strip this other layer of sexuality. And then what you had 
what had given you the strength to strip off that layer of sexuality is now gone. So in this moment where I can only imagine it's probably the lowest of the lows you've ever been through. Are you thinking I had it easier when I was living a lie? Or are you thinking, you know, I'm still glad that I can say like, at least I'm true to myself saying that, no, I don't feel Christian. No, I don't feel straight, but I feel me. That's wow, a good question, that's a really good question. <laughs> Deep question too. Um, dude. Psychology, what a what? Yeah, you're right. This is the lowest I've been. I'm sorry. It, it was. I'm sorry. Oh, so that's hold on. That language you just used is a great transition into now. He didn't He's, even answer. You well, he started with, <laughs> "This is the lowest I've been." Okay. Kind of answer his question, but also catch us up to speed so that we. Yeah, because all this happened in august so we're we're kind of getting into the present now yeah um pretty Mm. recently uh yeah so i was pretty screwed up for like four months um yeah uh i should i answer kai's question first or your question yeah answer kai's question okay sure um your question was was uh, it easier oh yeah 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 did you ever look back and say man it was a little easier when i was living a lie or do you now think you know at least i'm being true to myself saying i'm not christian i'm i don't live a straight life but at least i'm me like having would you rather have nothing that gives you strength and say i'm me or have everything that had given you strength and say I don't know who I am. It was much easier living a lie. It was much easier, but I would never go back because I know that I am being authentic and I do believe that there is a bright future for me. Um, But in the moment, my life sucks. (laughs) Um, Yikes. I, I hate saying that because there are positive things going on, but um, but yeah, it's been it's been a fucking train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. Um, <laughs> it's been really hard. Um, those w- when I came out and and the guy broke up with me, that was probably the hardest. And then I started to go up a little bit. I distracted myself with some other things. Um, but then, you know, I went through another breakup and, Man. and like a rebound breakup, a rebound breakup. <laughs> yeah, sure. Sorry. You can call it that. Um, Sorry. A little, little crass for how delicate this topic is. Oh, that's fine. Um, and now I'm kind of back into just feeling like shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, I, but I do think things are going to get better. Um, and I think for me personally, I actually came to this conclusion two days ago. Um, I need to reestablish a foundation. Um, like a relational foundation, like have a supportive community. Um, Cause right now I don't have I have some supportive, mm-hmm. some supportive community, but I think 
um, I I need to establish more people to be a part of that. Um, so I think that'll be a big part of it. Um, I do think um, my spiritual walk is another part of it. Um, that's another mistake people say. Like if you're not Christian, you're not spiritual. Right. That's not true. Um, we are spiritual beings. And honestly, like I would, in my heart, I'm not even sure if I'm not Christian. Uh, I still, I still like, I don't know exactly who Jesus was, but I know he was really, really cool. And I want to be like him. And I do believe there's a God. And I want, if I can know that God, I want to know that God. And like, so I want to reestablish, reconstruct what I believe. Right. And I want to reconstruct a supportive community. And then, yeah, I can find, uh, you know, someone to date and maybe marry someday. But um, all those things, I think, are part of it. Um, but right now, I don't have any of those. So it's like, it's a tough Yeah, those are, those are huge staples for anybody's life. Um, you being the only married person in the room. <laughs> well, not not only that, but I mean, if you think about like the just the community alone, like growing up with this core group of like everyone this was dream solid guys. Yeah, yeah, like the dream team. And I mean, I don't know what your relationships are with those guys now, but it's like I can't imagine having, you know, that five or six guys. guys. Yeah, <laughs> and then. I was similar in that a little bit as mm-hmm. I kind of stepped away from the church. I mean, mm-hmm. these guys know that it, we talked know. about how everything was right. two weeks ago, but it, it's, it's way different. You know, mm. it's like, it's very lonely. Yeah. It's, it's very, it's just different. Yeah. And it's like getting back to, you know, the, the Noah and Kai that were part of that group. But like, I know they got my back. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. finding that and rebuilding that. Like it's huge and it's hard yeah. though at the same time. I think, uh, I'm sorry. Wait, I, it's huge and it's hard at the same time. I just want to, Kai, Kai 12. Kai just thinks about, <laughs> he thinks about dicks Look, all the time. Like, I'm sorry, but the amount of times Drew has said, wow, it's so hard or that was so hard or man, it's big and it's hard. He does this I every just, episode. I'm sorry. Every episode. Dude. I think every I've episode. kept myself. We're talking about germs in an episode. And this guy's like, so imagine I licked your ball. <laughs> no one says that. <laughs> and Dallas cuts in, nope, nope, different idea. Go to a different... And yeah. Noah insists. No, so Kai, I lick your ball. Stop it, Noah, says Dallas. I think... Moving anyway. On. I think this is a good place to clue in the listeners on a project that we're working on. Uh, oh. I do want to get to the rest of your story, Drew. Um, is we're all sitting down and writing our story to share on the podcast because we all share something in common. Um, we have left our church community, um, and each one of us has a different story. JB just talked about how uh, there's a loneliness that comes with leaving the church and mm-hmm. probably something of a acceptance there. Um, and I know that Kai's got a lot that probably has to do with acceptance as well. We're just feeling like he doesn't fit the puzzle piece. Um, 
and for me there's a lot of never fitting the puzzle piece or a lot of uh living up to the expectation of this dream team that we're talking about um and for me definitely like watching the church observing the church hurt a lot of these people that are on the dream team or i'm involved with these dream team people's lives so that's something that we're working on Mm -hmm. i'm very glad that you're here to tell your story because you're, you're kind of kicking us into yeah yeah you're, you're gonna kick us you're gonna kick us into uh, a really really deep introspective uh, season when we get when we move into season six and yeah. uh, and when does it start Noah I don't know we'll figure it out <laughs> season six the beginning of season six I don't have a date off the top of my head oh we yes we do <laughs> but well I don't because. It's it's not something that yeah. we want to rush. It's yeah. something that we're oh. we're all working through and writing our stories. And and Dallas was never part of a Flida, but he has a story too um, mm. of church hopping. Um, so audience, be on the lookout for that. It's yeah. it's coming pretty I'm, soon. It's I'm excited of, about it though. I think it's going to be really very cool. good. It's for very all scary of us. for me. <laughs> I and that's what I'm excited for because like because there was a time he's like, "Yeah, we're going to talk about it. We're going up to the mountain." And he's like, "Yeah, we're going to talk about it." You talked about it for like 10 minutes. I know. And that was I it. Know. That's all I got out of him all day. And I'm like, "That's fine." Like take it in bite-sized yeah, like, chunks. Yeah. I'll get what I can I'll get what I can get, but it's like yeah, it's like that's something that he's been either dealing with or struggling with or whatever for however long. Mm-hmm. It's like that's a lot of buildup to get his guy's wife to talk about, but I don't, and I don't know how much Kai knows, you know, I don't know talking through it and is totally different than trying to figure it out. Well, and Mm -hmm. part of Drew's story, just like taking a step back and being like, I've been involved in this for so long. Let's Mm -hmm. like, let's take the space and the time to question things. And, um, reinforce and reconstruct the things that need to be reinforced and reconstructed. Um, and pra- so pragmatically speaking, it's going to be a different um, format than we've been used to. Yes. Because that's too. it's, it's going to start like um, you're first. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm first. Okay. I pointed cause I wasn't mm-hmm. sure. Right. Uh, you're so Noah's going to begin and it's just going to be him in front of the mic for hour, hour and a half, maybe three, seven four. hours, how yeah. long it takes. <laughs> Yeah, and then when he's done, the rest of us who were listening the whole time are gonna have questions written down that we're gonna ask him at the end, so that we're not interrupting his flow of thought, his story, but that so everyone can also understand. Mm-hmm. So we'll do that for everybody, but that's right. for you listeners. Um, some of what season six holds, and we'll talk about more about that next episode. Um, anyways, Drew, so you've caught us up back to, to the epicenter. To that sounds very interesting. Thank you. <laughs> You've caught us up to um, looking for all of these foundational things that every person needs in their life. Um, and I think this is a great place to insert Project Matter. Tell us about that. Because the stuff that you've been posting, it's leading us to this of you not only creating this series of, hey, this is what people need, but also... I think this is what I need. Hmm. So tell us about it. Yeah, so um, Project Matter, well, what it, let me just give you a brief, brief history. Uh, it started off just me 
um, giving like little mini TED talks um, <laughs> that are not as good at, as TED talks. <laughs> uh, I I just I. I was trained to uh, be a preacher. That's that was part of my training. So I, I learned all these skills. And around the time where I realized I'm not going to be a youth pastor for very much longer, that's about when this started. I'm like, I need an outlet to just, like, talk about things that I think matter um, with the skills that I've learned. So it was just me talking at the camera, basically. And that's... I haven't released that much content. So that's mainly what project matter has been. And, and it, that I kind of had like this idea, well, you know, I, I like the idea of starting conversations because I don't know, conversations are a great platform or a starting point for actual progress in the world. Um, just like this. I mean, you guys value conversations, right? I mean, 100%. Um, and disagreements those are our most popular episodes yeah I mean I'm sure just talking through your spiritual walk is going to lead to all kinds of progress in your own personal and community lives yeah um, it's gonna so, be so yeah uh, so now Project Matter has a very clear direction and that is to uh start conversations about things that matter uh sorry start productive conversations about things that matter productive is very key key. um (laughs) you can talk about a lot of things that matter but you can talk about them very poorly um so anyway that's what project matter is it's to start productive conversations about things that matter and um i am releasing my own art on uh, the Project Matter page, which I like video making. So I, I like to make videos. And um, rather than me just talking to the camera, um, I'm trying to make Tell them very creative yeah. and visual. And uh, I still, I love to give little mini, not as good TED Talks as well. So my content is me kind of talking about something and then giving visuals and it's all for that purpose to start productive conversations about things that matter um but i am not project matter i am just one part of it i see project matter as a community oh uh so what i want project matter to become which um i'm gonna start talking about uh this week um is I want Project Matter to be a, a, a more of a, just a platform, uh, a place where people can submit their own art and that create or start conversations. And I want Project Matter to become a, um, a platform for conversations via social media, um, via text. And I, would, I could also see it becoming uh, like a monthly Zoom meeting where we we get together and we discuss some of these topics kind of like you we're doing right now but just i want it to grow and i don't know exactly how it's gonna shape up to be but that's kind of where it's going so my content is just one small part of it and because i love i love producing content Mm -hmm. and um but yeah the the goal of project matter is just to start these conversations and to um and even have it like 
create a platform where we have them as well. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I, I have a video coming out on Wednesday. Um, I'm doing a series on, uh, some, just some thoughts on, um, the question of why does life matter? And that's a huge question and no single answer can give it, that can't answer it completely. Um, but I, I'm, I'm just giving some thoughts on it and hoping that it sparks some conversation. But I'm also hoping that other people um, shoot some art over to me or just some, maybe some topics that they would like to see talked about. Um, I like so, that you specified art. You're, you're, you're open to drawings and paintings and pictures and all the rest, aren't you? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I like that distinction. If I may... I'm going to take like two minutes to ask a four word question. Okay. <laughs> I've only seen two of your Facebook posts ever in my whole life. <laughs> the first one was when you came out uh-huh. and you said, and some of the, I remember it was large and I can only remember, <laughs> I can only remember like a few of the things that stuck out to me, obviously the subject matter of it, but then also like, I don't need you guys to respond with negativity. I know all the stuff you're going to say anyways. And that's when I remember like, He's a brilliant guy. There's nothing I could tell him he doesn't already know. And plus, I love him. I don't want him to think that I'm angry at him because you're an amazing person. Thank you. But then also, uh, the second one had what I'm going to say, a cheesy picture of you sitting by a nightstand with a lamp, <laughs> looking up inquisitively oh, yeah. past the camera <laughs> with a question pasted onto the background that said, what is the purpose of life? <laughs> Is that kind of like the beginning of Project Matter, or was that like that was Project Matter? I mean that. So I'm both trying to figure out timeline and what it is because Noah has said the phrase Project Matter a number of times, and I don't know what it is. <laughs> Kai's not on Instagram, so he hasn't oh, seen those TED that, talks. I guess that that's you're worth about. mentioning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't Sorry. know that. I was guess worth we mentioning. should have cleared that all up. Now we now <laughs> we're all on the same page. <laughs> well, part of the confusion of what is project matter is also a reflection on my confusion of what it is. Cause like it, it has been, it's invo- a baby. <laughs> it's been evolving in my mind, but nice. recently I, when I say recently, I, I'm talking in the last 36 few, hours, two, three weeks. Oh. It has that, like that mission statement that I just said to start productive conversations about mm-hmm. things that matter. Um, that, that is the direction it is going. And that post is consistent with that. Okay. Um, I when I use social media, um, I want it's to create conversation. Um, so that was just one of my efforts yeah. to do that, and yeah, some have been successful, some have not. <laughs> All right. So we're crossing the two-hour and thirty-minute mark. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I'll I turn don't, this baby down to 45 minutes. Let me look at my list here. <laughs> I don't think I have anything else. I mean, I mean we could sit here and talk for hours. Uh, but we've hit True. everything on the list. Um, tell us about Five Star Special Transport. And plug all your stuff because you've earned it, honestly. Is this more Instagram mumbo jumbo I'm not familiar with? Probably. Yeah. I don't. Okay. I'm not sure. But tell us, plug plug your shit, and and we'll be done with this. Yeah, give okay. yourself you've an it. incentive to be on the podcast. 
Um, Five Star Special Transport is my business that I started with my dad. Um, it is a medical transportation business. Whoa. It, um, it sounds really fancy, um, but it's basically me and my dad driving around minivans with, uh, with wheelchair ramps, and we transport people, mainly people in wheelchairs, but also people with other special needs, like uh, people in walkers, um, or people Epilepsy. with like memory issues, yeah. or just someone that will benefit from um, what we call person-to-person transportation rather than curb-to-curb transportation. So somebody who's going to come to your room or, you know, if you can get out the door, right. you don't need to, but, um, and uh, escort you to the car and escort you to your medical appointment, check you in, um, and and hand you off to the next responsible person. Meet you at the your responsible person and then also transport you to the next responsible person. And we try to do that well. Um, well, and that's what sets you apart from every other that's place really cool. doing it. Yeah, there there are lots of businesses that are doing what we're doing, but they're not on time, uh, which is just so basic, you know, just be, or, on, right. be or on time. Or it's like C-Tran, which is a bunch of people and then – and not person to person. Right. Well, yeah, especially in a COVID era. Yeah. Well, there are person to person transportation companies that do what we do, uh, like Golden Chariots, one of them, Mercy One, Van Transportation. There's a few of them. But um, well, what, what's your customer acquisition cost? Customer acquisition. I watched a lot of Shark Tank today. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that means. So, what's it? What, what are the. So, our audience is. 15% the demographic that Pulled you that are looking for. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so what's it going to cost? What is it? What's it look like? So um, a, a lot of the, so we are private pay only, so we can't take your Medicaid. I'm sorry. Oh. Eventually. Not yet. When COVID is not a thing, uh, the broker that um, allows us to contract with Medicaid stuff mm-hmm. will hopefully contract with us so that we can take your Medicaid. Mm. But right now we're private pay only. So, um, so yeah, if you're not eligible for Medicaid and, um, you or someone, you know, would benefit from these services, like, you know, you, uh, they have a wheelchair or, uh, they have any other special needs. Um, yeah. Uh, give us a call. Um, We'll have all the links in the description for you. Yeah. So that's five-star special transport. The main, again, the main thing is, is we're going to be on time every time and our vehicles (laughs) look, look good. We, we keep them clean and, uh, we're very COVID conscious. We disinfect things thoroughly. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, main thing we're on time. Sweet. So that's five-star special transport. Uh, where can the people find project matter? Uh, you can find Project Matter on Instagram. Apparently, it's just at. <laughs> well, do I even know? It's oh yeah, it's Project <laughs> uh, hyphen Matter. Okay. And then um, Facebook. That's a cool name. Facebook, it's just pro- Project. If you just I think it do is Project, project Matter. Matter, it should that is come a cool up. Cool name. Um, I also share stuff to my personal page as well. Um, 
So you can find me on Facebook at Drew PM and uh, stands for Project Matter and Instagram. I don't even know. Oh, it's just Drew. Yeah, it's Drew Project Matter. Sweet. Um, yeah, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just YouTube Project Matter. We should come up. Sweet. Anything else for the audience before we? Uh, <laughs> What's the name of your painting company? Wrap it up. Yeah. Do you want to be <laughs> painting anymore? Do not what? call me to paint your house. <laughs> <laughs> I already tried that. <laughs> I will track you down. <laughs> and take and from business. the words of the Grinch. I will track you down and gut you like a fish. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I won't do that. Well, Drew, thank you so much for coming on and sharing yeah. your story and telling us all about your life. Um, giving us the nitty gritty. I really appreciate it because I've been dying to know a lot of this information. Um, and I know that our listeners have too, as well as these guys here. So Boom. thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. It was an honor. This was, uh, this was a lot of fun, and I'm glad that we hopefully had productive conversation. <laughs> uh, I, I think we it had was. some good project matter. About things that matter. So uh, if those of you that are listening, uh, go ahead and check out Drew's stuff. Drew's stuff.